When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. This is the Saturday Session with Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott. Kia folks, good morning, honey my, welcome into the show to the Saturday session. 10 through 1 o'clock right here on SENZ. Our number is 0800 150 811. The lines are open, they will remain open and we want to hear from you on a big day. Big day because Grant Elliott is back. I am back. I am we back. missed you. I'm revitalized. But did you, though? I always feel I that... Do wor- I do enjoy working with Hamish Bennett. Oh, here we go. So I always feel like I've got FOMO, and I, I'm unsure of what you guys are saying on the show, and I'm scared that, you know, potentially you're, you're putting the daggers in and letting the listeners know that I almost... that I don't care, but that's not the case. I do care. <laughs> I wish I was here in the studio with you. Ben, how did we do last week? Oh, I don't think don't we put the boot me. in all that much now, did we? Well, not enough. No, we actually didn't. We we actually it was like we gave Grant the week off this this time. Yeah. But next yeah. time it was oh. like it was like when Ben was away, we we complimented him quite heavily, knowing full well he wouldn't be listening to the show and he wouldn't get carried away. I don't think I complimented the fact that he went on a, a captain's run to miss the show. I wasn't on a captain's run. I was on a uh, family holiday. Oh, how did that go? Wow. Well, the word holiday, um, I think we need oh, to review that. Oh, that connotes images and feelings of re- relaxation, of fun, of adventure. Well, <laughs> the day before, my wife sort of said, oh, got a little scratchy throat. Oh, dear. Feel fine. Oh, Drove up there throat, to Waihi hey. Beach, and um, then suddenly, um, yeah. It all went a bit pear-shaped. She was in bed with the flu. Oh, no. Susie ruined your holiday. Yeah. And then, um, and then the, the puppy, the five-month-old puppy, Dale, well, started having the runs. So we had the dog with <laughs> so the runs. like Dale. We had a, a sick member of the family and the two boys inside with the rain coming down. Oh, and it rained on yeah. top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that sounds like a disaster of a holiday to me. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. Oh, it's nice to spend that concentrated time in one place as a family, isn't it? No, not in those <laughs> circumstances. No, it didn't go according to plan. So I came back and I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go for the Saturday sesh, and it would probably 
a little bit like um, the All Blacks. Just didn't go according to plan. I was going to say, your, your holiday reminds me of the All Blacks test match last Tuesday, uh, last Saturday. Yeah, but hopefully not tonight, right? I mean, there's a couple of Irish people in town. I went to the Saints basketball on um, on Thursday night. It's where surely a lot of Irish rugby fans would go to watch a team called the Saints. Well, they didn't. But as I left, I saw, oh, I heard these two guys, they were on a scooter and they were in no man's land. They were sort of like almost on the highway. And um, I could hear that they were Irish. And I said, oh, you fellas uh, from the Irish rugby team, because they were quite stacked. I didn't recognize them, but I knew that they were rugby players. And they went, yeah, we are. And I said, oh, good luck for the test. And I said, the place you want to go. You didn't name drop who you were? No. No. They would have known I was from the Saturday <laughs> sesh. <laughs> and Who's I, this Yarpy <laughs> in Wellington talking to us? <laughs> but I did point them in the direction of Courtney Place. Nice. So I think I've done my bit yeah. for, you know, the nation leading up to the test match. Hopefully they went to Courtney Place and had a great night. I can only imagine what Courtney Place will be like if Ireland do get up. Of course, there'll be some uh, very downcast New Zealand fans, but there'll be um, some rip roaring Irish. They're not favourites. They're not favourites. No. When I look at the TAB, they're $3, or well, last time I looked, $3.70. Um, I don't know if that's come down a bit, but still are looking at the All Blacks favourites. So the fans are getting behind the All Blacks. Back to your holiday, uh, the key <laughs> learnings of your holiday, the key learnings. Um, do you take responsibility for it? Uh, pu- pu- uh, bad luck? Don't let or do you need to, to face up to it that maybe you had a big part to play, being, I don't know, the coach of the holiday, as he's clearly trying to intimate something towards the all-black coach? Don't go to a, um, a beach destination in the winter. <laughs> don't let your puppy uh, drink seawater or uh, water from the canal or whatever it is early on in the holiday. Otherwise, that could be disastrous. So, yeah, I learned. I think you always learn from your uh, tough times. Yeah. In fact... You have to have tough times to be able to get to those good times um, as a team. You're not always going to be you know, a winning team. And that's why you know, I think the best coaches are all process-driven, not results-driven. However, as fans, we're results-driven. We are. We, we don't care about the process. And on this show, we're all about the fans. We want to speak to our listeners. And the theme of the day has to be this third test match between New Zealand and Ireland. We're going to clear the decks this hour. We'll open the lines. We want to hear from you. We want to figure out what your pulse is at. Is it, is it raging already? Are we doing a are fan head, pulse check? Yeah, are you, are you, is your head spinning at the concept of the, of the All Blacks losing to Ireland again after Ireland? Um, you know, there were contentious refereeing decisions. Yes, uh, you cannot ignore that. But uh, overall, Ireland's out of the gate so strongly again, just like in the first test match. That's got to be a concern. So uh, congratulations to Ireland. They've now beaten the All Blacks four times over the last few years. And, and I remember when they beat the All Blacks at Chicago, I, I almost felt happy for them. Kind of not now. Uh, here's a f- first question. What is, what is the New Zealand-Irish rugby rivalry like? It's a, it's a true rivalry now, is it not? Is your blood boiling at the concept, All Blacks fans, of, of losing another test to Ireland? Our lines are open, 0800-150-811. We can tell you it has dawned a magnificent morning in the Riviera of the South Pacific. That is uh, Wellington. Mm. Uh, that is the only forecast you should uh, worry about. So if you've been studying the, the forecast five days out, you're full uh, in Wellington. All we do is pull back the curtain and use our eyes, and that's the weather forecast. So right now, it's great. Um, unfortunately, the test doesn't kick off at uh, six minutes after 10 on a Saturday morning. Who knows what will happen. By there was already the some Irish fans um, s- circling around the, the, 
the, the capital city yesterday. In the Irish shirts, drove past the backbencher, there were a couple there. So they're here, and they're here in numbers, and you know, you, you listen to um, the quotes that are made from the coach, Farrell, and he's keen, he's up for it. He said, wouldn't want to be in a better position than we are now leading into World Cup to know where we are. It's almost the acid test or lit litmus test of the team. They've got the All Blacks who are under pressure at home. They know that they're going to come hard at them. And he said, this is the best position we can possibly be in. So I love the message that he's giving to his team and his supporters. It's like, this is a great challenge. We're up for it. Well, considering you were stalking the, uh, the Irish players during the week, you probably want to hear from Irish fans too. Oh, I'd love to hear They're on the precipice of something um, historic. Of course, last week was the first ever win against the All Blacks in New Zealand. Now you've got this rare chance of winning a three-test match series. Well, I'd love to get uh, a sense of uh, what Irish rugby fans are thinking this morning. Uh, let us know. 0800-150-811. Uh, you can text us on double eight double three. Before we rip into your calls, and we've cleared the deck, full border calls, we do hope this hour. So go on. Who's going to be who's going to be brave and hit leadoff? 0800-150-811. We'll text double eight double three. In the interim, though, we can, um, as you ready yourself for your Sporting Saturday, recap the news of the day. Uh, editor at large as we unpack all the sport you have missed out on and during the segment we will probably add in our unwanted and unwarranted opinion so let's go let's go to golf oh here we go you just expect me to have another liv yeah no i'm not going to talk <laughs> about Rebel league. i'm not going to get all red misty on the liv league uh, aussie golfer cameron smith is leading the way at the 150th open championship needs to be called the open championship not the british open Oh, why? The Open Championship. Did that change? No, because you need to be posh. Okay. You need to be posh. Yeah. At the 150th Open Champion at St. Andrews. Um, as an emotional Tiger Woods missed the cut, Smith holds a one-shot lead over Cameron Young at the halfway stage, but the big story was Woods missing out on the final two days after he finished nine over par. Uh, our own Ryan Fox also missing the cut um, as a three-over round saw him finish two over the tournament. Uh, two over for the tournament tie for 95th fellow. Uh, Kiwi Ben Campbell also missed the cut, finishing uh, tied for 82nd. Yeah, so um, Ryan Fox, I saw that he was going well, and then he got a double bogey with three holes to go, Ouch. which blew him out a bit. Um, but I also heard, and I'd like to hear if this uh, rumour is a rumour, I heard that Grant Fox might be um, carrying his bag as his caddy. Oh, Nice. He might Get me my it. stick, Dad. But perhaps... So it's been just like he's a five-year-old all over again. Well, perhaps it, maybe it's uh, leading up to this test match to see what happens. Mm. All Blacks win, he stays. <laughs> all Blacks lose, he goes and carries the bag of his, his son. To the NRL we go. Are you okay, Ben? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. He's good. Why do we ask this? What SCNZ Nation, well, the Warriors slumped to a 12 loss of the NRL season. Losing 28 to 18 against the Parramatta Eels last evening, trailing 10 points to six at half time. The Warriors must have thought they were a chance of causing an upset, but errors and ill discipline again put them under pressure, and the Eels made them pay. Yet 28 points, you concede you're not going to win too many games in the NRL. You saw the great defence on their return to Mount Smart. Um, if they can, if they can match that, grant the, uh, the the calibre of opposition far better on attack last night. Um, so. It, I always look at the Warriors and think, how are they going defensively? As, as 
the basis of a of a decent uh, warrior side. Ben Francis has his hand up. Here comes some excuses. It's not an excuse, but <laughs> their, their defense was actually not too bad. Like there has been an improvement. They conceded twenty eight points. They yeah. conceded twenty eight points. So. Yeah, listen, listen, Daniel, listen for once, okay? Listen, I, I am listening. Listen. No, you're not. I you're, am listening, you're, you're, and, and I'm responding. You're you're being like my partner and interrupting. Coitus interrupters there. There'll be none for you tonight. <laughs> um, but like the defense has improved since Stacey Jones did take over. Like, see, a couple of tries were off errors, so that's pretty much what it comes down okay. to. But you are, you are right. I get you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you for for clarifying that, um, uh, Ben. And the Cronulla Sharks moved um, to joint second on the NRL standings after beating the North Queensland Cowboys. I think this might be a typing error. Was the score 26 to 1? No, that was my mistake. Yeah. But if you read Thank if, you for owning. if you read everything exactly like it is on the paper, you did miss a line in the Warriors script that I did write for you. So if you're going to be that pedantic, go back and read it. <laughs> okay. A reason why the side was so flat was because of the abysmal and lackluster commentary team by Sky NZ who sounded so flat and unexcited. What? Ben Ben Francis wrote that. I, I'm of I'm of the commentator school where you don't bag out other commentators because I'm not a great commentator compared to some of the best going around the world. But what the the so, side so was the flat because of the commentary. The commentary was flat, so that obviously sent some bad juju out to the players. We're clutching. Yeah. We are clutching. We are clutching. We are clutching. I mean, I'm Warriors a Warriors fan. Please Didn't back notice. me up here, please. <laughs> We'll get to Bruce, who's going to be first up in just a moment. Bruce, hold there. A couple more stories. Manchester United came from behind to beat A-League outfit. Melbourne victory 4-1 at the MCG. Uh, Melbourne taking a shock early lead, but United fought back to secure victory and remain unbeaten this preseason. After under new manager Eric Ten Hag, uh, who's uh, signed on from uh, Ajax, of course. Uh, they beat Liverpool during the week, four goals to nil in their other game. And the Black Caps have held on to claim a thrilling one-run win in the third and final one-day international series against Ireland. We'll get to our Grant's thoughts on this a little bit later, maybe after 11 o'clock. Um, Martin Guptill, who I now understand is on the tour. Yeah. <laughs> They're right, Grant. I had a shocker with Grant during the week. Oh, let's get Guppy on. He's in Ireland, you dork. Uh, Martin Guptill made 115, seeing uh, the visitors post 360 for six, Grant, which the Irish, um, led by blazing tons by Paul Sterling and Henry Tector, chased fearlessly only to ultimately fall agonizingly short at 359 for nine. So you are what a game what, of cricket. Yeah, what a, what a game of cricket. But uh, game number two, which maybe we'll speak about a little bit later, um, Bracewell, they needed 20 runs off the last over. He pumped 24 off the last over. Were they playing the black caps over the line. Were they playing a pookie? <laughs> no, but... Um, you look at that series and you think, oh, the Black Caps probably should have lost that series 2-1. So a few, I guess, questions on reflection of that, that series. We are playing not our number one team, but maybe there's a, a question whether we should be playing our number one team all the time. Uh, more from Grant on that as the program goes on. But let's be, uh, let's be fair. Um, today is a big day for the All Blacks. Big day for the show. Uh, what's coming up? A little bit later, well, our legend se- uh, segment is going to feature Mr. Mike Sandal, Roman Sandal. Roman. He was, he was team manager of the Black Caps for eons, for eons. But during the week, it was the third anniversary of the uh, the World Cup final from 2019. So we're going to talk to him about that legendary game because it was an amazing game of sport. 
um, and probably all have a cry collectively. Um, and I'm talking about Ireland possibly winning a test series against the All Blacks. I think the theme of the day is macabre. It's a little bit macabre, disturbing, because concerned with or causing fear or, or death. There you go. There's my word of the day. G'day, Bruce. Welcome into the show. Hello, Bruce. Great to have you back, Grant. <laughs> oh, thanks, yeah, Bruce. Yeah, it's good to be yeah, back. They, see, they miss you, mate. They miss you. <laughs> the All Blacks will be fine when you're back now, mate. The All Blacks will be fine. Look, I thought I'd better call um, and not disappoint you in case the All Blacks lose and you're going to have two disappointments on the one day. So <laughs> here I go. Um, mm, what a great match between New Zealand and Ireland in the cricket, I must say, as you talked about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, that, that was an amazing series, wasn't it, Bruce? I mean, it, it looked like we could have lost that series, as I said earlier, 2-1. The, either our Ireland played out of their skin or, or we, uh, we struggled a bit. It looked like there were a lot of runs scored, and normally against those... Um, sort of, uh, I guess, the associate countries, even though Ireland now mm. are a test-playing nation. Um, yes, we didn't play our top team, but, gee, they played well. Hamish Bennett called it the stag-doer. Stag-do tour. tour. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they, they, head to, they head to the Netherlands now, Bruce. Oh, so. no. What could possibly go wrong? Yes, that huge world-class um, uh, area of the Netherlands. I, I don't know. I, I, What's the pitch like in Ireland? Are they playing on a road or something, or artificial? Or uh, I, I do think smaller it's, grounds. They are smaller. It, it's taking a little bit of spin, but I tell you what, they will find in um, the Netherlands is they're actually going to use a hybrid pitch, so similar to the um, well, not similar, but uh, you know the race tracks where Jonathan. they they weave in oh, some yeah. awful yes. artificial grass with real grass. They're going to trial like that. Coconut the matting is what they used to call it. Remember that back yeah. in the day. Can well, both uh, both um, uh, Dan McCarty and myself played in the Netherlands, and we played on coconut matting, Bruce. It was like an absolute wow. snake pit, seeming <laughs> everywhere. It was a nightmare. <laughs> absolute nightmare. Outstanding. Look, I, now, I Bruce, are you nervous, on. confident? How are you feeling about the test? Come on, let's cut to the chase, mate. Too much foreplay. Let me know. <laughs> well, I put my foot right in my mouth last week, didn't I? Yeah, you were pretty confident. You were pretty confident. You were pretty very confident. Oh, just just wrench it out. There we go. Yeah, well Um, done. All right, Whitelock. They missed him huge, big time, and he'll huge. I'm sure he'll make a big difference. And by and hopefully keeping 15 on the field. Let's try and keep 15 on the field for a start. That might be a good idea, Bruce. Do you you think that's sound advice? Um, Well, look. They've got a guy controlling the, the whistle who's not exactly their most favourite guy in the name of Wayne Barnes. Oh, come um, on. You're not still not over that, no, are you? <laughs> no, Ireland. I mean Ireland. Ireland. Oh, right. Ireland, my, my apologies. Ireland do my not apologies. do that well. You look at the stats. Yeah. Um, when he's riffing. So that's one, uh, one small comment. Um, now, Bruce, can I ask card? you a couple of questions? Firstly, outside yeah. of the World Cup... Outside of a World Cup, is this the biggest game in New Zealand? Well, for how long? The Lions um, to a decider? I, w- I would say that. I would say that. But as far is there a bigger game against an individual nation outside of a World Cup? I cannot think of one more important 
in a long, long time. I'm actually really struggling. Is that uh, you saying just to set the scene for the World Cup and almost no, the standards of where we're going to be going? No, because if New Zealand lose this test, they lose a test series, a three-match or more test series, for the very first time since 1986 at home. Yeah, it's, it's uh, pretty disappointing. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, everyone's talking it up as a huge, um, important uh, moment, I guess, and we'll look back at it either way. Um, gee, I'd love you to ask Razor that question. <laughs> um, hey, Unfortunately, look, we don't have Razor on the show today. No, look, the, the All Blacks, psychologically, it's hard to have a go from a big high to another big high, psychologically, mentally, to get yourself up. Mm-hmm. And, and Grant and I know a lot more about that. So the All Blacks will be hugely disappointed and they'll come out differently um, in this match. They can only go one way. The Irish were desperate to even the series in that last week and that's what they were. The All Blacks now should be desperate to win the series. So it's as simple as that. We have two or three key players back in there and uh, I'm, I'm confident... They will have a win. It'll be a hard You're not confident, Bruce. You're not confident. You're not confident, are you? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay to admit you've got fear. You've got a little bit of fear. It's okay. I want to be positive. You want to be positive? Let's be positive. Oh, uh, <laughs> Bruce, uh, Bruce, I want to I want to concentrate on your point there about, uh, I guess, the mental state that the All Blacks will be in yeah. and uh, the Irish will be in. And I think the Irish have everything to gain and nothing to lose by this game, whereas... I think the All Blacks have everything to, to lose and nothing to gain. And it's a very difficult um, position to be in as coach because I think, you know, from an All Blacks perspective, it is pride of the jersey, being proud, a proud nation and world's best team ever. Mm. Um, and for the Irish, it's about, you know, the challenge of beating the world's best at home, on the home soil, leading into World Cup. So psychologically... You don't want your players to go in thinking, oh, you know, being careful and, and um, tentative. They have to be aggressive. They have to go in there and they have to play their natural game. And yet they can't think of the result. As a sports person, you never want to think of the result. Just the process. Take it second by second, uh, pass by pass. Um, Sage advice. But o- often fans do not think like that. Oh. And I'm generally one of those who can't be clear in the head. Uh, Bruce, great to chat as always, mate. Really do appreciate your time. Go enjoy your Saturday. Thanks so much. Our number is 0800 150 811. Text double eight double three. Get to a couple of those before we go to our first break. Uh, great to have Grant back. It's like having our very own Hugh Bladen. Such, such clarity and common sense and wisdom. My pessimistic self says All Blacks to get beat. The world ranking free fall from here on in. Hope I'm wrong, writes Brian. Now fourth in the world, according to the world rankings. I think the lowest... A spot New Zealand's ever had since they started the world rankings. There you go. There's that pessimism coming through. Adi Sophia <laughs> makes the ball available. <laughs> Smith out wide. Uh, someone writes here, Craig from, is it Carter? Love your show. Thank you, Craig. That's an Australian number. That's out west, isn't it? I think it's out west. Uh, if, the Ir- if the Irish win tonight, will SCNZ play Thin Lizzie for the rest of the week? Ben? Well, Ben's not producing every show, so we can't guarantee it, but it's a pretty, it, it's a pretty good one. And uh, here's one, Grant. 
British Open does not exist. It's only ever been the Open Championship. So please call it the Open Championship. You have been warned. Yeah. Uh, the lines are open. 0800-150-811. Back with more of your calls after this break. Oh, I'm getting emotional. I'm getting emotional. 27 minutes after 10 o'clock. This is the Saturday session on SENZ. Our number is 0800-150-811. You can text us on double eight double three. Uh, Anthony writes via text, hi, Ryan Fox was playing with Mark Kalkovecchia, who's now 63 years young and was 21 over the card <laughs> and was not playing that quick. I think that may have halted Foxy. <laughs> There's just... nothing worse than a slow player. <laughs> it just reminds me oh, of... And I'm only a casual golfer, but I go with my mates and the slow... God, I just want to throw my club at them sometimes. That expression it's like, come of... on, mate, you're not a professional, <laughs> just hit it. You're only as good as your opposition. You know, watching someone play tennis, that's pretty good. And then someone who's shambolic, your game just actually turns to absolute shambles. So I, I can agree with that. Yeah, that is a tough one when you're playing with 63-year-old Mark Kalkovecki. I remember him back in the day. He was a good player. And someone writing here, hi, guys. Why are you harping on about the Open Championship? It's the oldest continuously run championship in sport. The others followed many years later. They are weak imitations. <laughs> End of story. Educate yourself, boys. Writes Clark. Thanks, After Clark. I, um, I, said, I, I only started off by saying, Grant, call it the Open Championship. It's not yeah. the British Open Championship. I'm sorry, Cl- I'm sorry, Clark. And um, I don't mind feedback, though, from the listeners like that. I, yeah, I agree, Clark. I do need to educate myself on that one. Jared writing, good morning, Team Wellington. Should be a cracker of a game tonight in the capital. I think the All Blacks should get home in a tight affair. For God's sake, we can't lose. The series at home to the Irish. Well, Richie from Upper Hutt has a slightly different take. A bigger game would have been when the Wallabies have beaten us in the first test in Australia and we are back home playing the second game to retain the Bledisloe. I'd rather lose a test series to Ireland at home than lose the Bledisloe Cup. Yeah, that's Richie from Upper Hutt. Uh, I don't know. I can't agree with that, Richie. I don't know. Well, I mean, it is Generally, tight. you only need to... Sometimes you've only needed to win one Bledders Low. This is a series. Re- Three test match series. They've only beaten us at home for the first time last week. We have not lost a series at home of three tests or more since 1986. Richie is clearly a uh, trans-Tasman uh, real hater. I mean, I know that a lot, a lot of people dislike Australia in many ways in sports, and they'd rather see us lose to anyone else but Australia. Yeah, there's a lot of rugby fans who think Australia's our biggest rivalry, which I think is a nonsense. I think it's the box, always has been the box, and will continue to be the box. But the way the Irish are going, they're certainly going up my charts. They're going up my, my rankings table of signs I don't like losing to. Well, this is the, this is the question, though. Are, are Ireland getting better, or are we getting worse? Or is it both? Because uh, I don't really... Both can be true, of course. Yeah. Because I don't well, think we are any... literally getting worse in the eyes of, of the world rankings. But no one's giving Ireland any credit in the series, I feel. Really? Well, I don't feel. Yeah. That, uh, it just feels like all-black bashing. No, we're getting worse, and there's a lot about Foster in the news. There's nothing about how well Ireland have played. I thought Ireland have played very, very well. Even the test they lost, the opening 15, 20 minutes, I thought they were the, by far the better side. And the closing Sexton team. goes off, mm. and they sort of got very rattled by that, almost got um, you know too involved in refereeing decisions rather than just focusing on. And, and I think that scoreline flattered the All Blacks in test match number one. Of course, there's a few mitigating uh, circumstances with all those cards um, and that contentious era in test match number two. But again, they deserved it, did they not? 
Uh, I'd love to uh, get uh, your thoughts, listeners, on 0800 150 811. Um, the, the coach has copped a fair bit, hasn't he, during the week? And this is a hugely important game for Ian Foster. They've now dropped three of their last four test matches, and you know the pressure is on. And a loss tonight will send the All Blacks to a series loss um, at home for the first time since 86 when they lost to Australia. I'll repeat that one. You want more numbers? You want more numbers, Grant? Some people out there will want the numbers. The top Ireland is the thinkers. fifth nation to beat New Zealand in New Zealand. First loss under the roof in Dunedin since uh, test matches started uh, there in 2012. Uh, the All Blacks losing margin of 11 points was their biggest home defeat in 29 years. Wow, that's a telling stat. You have to go all the way back to um, France, 22 points to 8 in Christchurch. John Alomu's first test. He was dropped, and then what happened in test match number two? France scored the try from the end of the earth to win the series, two matches to nil. Um, and uh, New Zealand slumped to fourth on the rankings. Uh, he, I do have a question for the for our audience, and, and I'm going to borrow this from a New Zealand Herald story. I think they called it their rugby roundtable, and they have a number of questions and put it to their rugby writers. And, and I think these are... Uh, uh, Interesting questions for you to answer. So finish the sentence. If the All Blacks lose, in Foster's position as coach is dot, dot, dot. Safe as houses. Really? <laughs> I, I think it's safe as houses. How can you change a coach? And we always go back to the Graham Henry. So, you know, Sir Ted, it was whether or not he was going to carry on and he learned from the, the losses or learned from that that World Cup experience came back stronger and was uh, phenomenal. So I don't think he can change the coach. Mm. If anything, I'd say you need more consistency around players. And you need consistency around the positions and players that, that, um, that, they've, that they've chosen, especially around the, the loose forwards. But I, don't, I think the teams that do well consistently are the teams that have a consistent team on the park. Sorry to those who've just called in. Um, we'll try and get you on. I think it was John. John and David, have we, we've lost? Uh, give us another call back. Um, I think we've got a problem with our phone line, which is not ideal when you set aside a full hour for talkback. But is that, <laughs> is that a fair point, though, um, Dan, about the consistency of team? I mean, I, I don't know. I came from a team where um, towards the end we were very consistent because we played the same players and we all had a role. We all had a position. Whereas we're still trying to find that right combination within the All Blacks team. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you tend to um, compare the current team to its previous you know, incarnation. That would be under Steve Hansen's. Um, Era. And Steve, let's be frank, Steve Hansen was incredibly lucky taking over a world championship side in 2011. And in 2012, they brought in the likes of Bowden Barrett, Brody Retallick, yeah. Aaron Smith, Dane Coles. They all made their test debut in 2012. He Through to 2015 and 16, that is arguably one of, if not the most successful era. So people are going to go, hey, look, it took Steve Hansen, and yes, I have done the numbers. It took Steve Hansen six years, three months, and six days to lose six test matches. Ian Foster's done that in one year and ten months. So they need a good result. G'day, Dave. G'day, Daniel. Hey, look, as far as pressure, this game's uh, probably as much pressure as the final in uh, 2011 World Cup when, you know, we just had to win. Um, 
the Irish very, very good, but uh, I think the deciding factor is they're better coached at the moment. Um, pre- the pressure thing again, the coach is under pressure, the players are under pressure. You know, this is Ireland are good. Ireland are very good. Absolutely. We probably haven't got any, haven't got any worse, but we've been out coached. And it'll be so, interesting so, to see what game Yep. Dave, when you say outcoached, what parts of the game have uh, you think the All Blacks have struggled in and been outcoached in? Uh, running, running, we're just running one, two off the ruck. They're coming in on angles, uh, playing different plays, seeing, seeing space. Jonathan Sexton, he's, he's running that game. If he goes off, we'll probably win. But um, I'm going to be here tonight. I don't want to lose. And I hate losing, but uh, I'm comfortable losing to Ireland and South Africa and all the other countries in the world, you know. Huh. I don't know why, but I don't mind losing. To, well, I do mind losing, but I'm comfortable losing, especially if they're the better team on the night. It will be very, very tight tonight, you know. There's no yeah, and, 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 I, and I agree with you, Dave, in the sense of their running lines, their manipulation of space. It, it, it has looked to my eyes so different to what we've seen from New Zealand Super Rugby sides. And I had a bit of a bitch and yeah. moan that we've become too predictable. We all do the same thing, top to bottom. Uh, and, and I think Ireland have been able to, to stress the New Zealand's defence, whether it's three or four metre breaks or half breaks, Dave, uh, often getting themselves on the front foot, and that's a credit to them. Yeah, well, last week we had, in the forward pack, you've got, Four super rugby captains, Popoli, Adi, Sam, uh, and Whitelock. And we didn't cha- uh, change. Like, go, Whitelock wasn't there. And I know about the cards, but that's, you know, that's just part of the game now. You know, you've got to learn to tackle, tackle differently and eliminate that. So we are playing 15 on 15. But you'd think with three captains on the field, we would have done something. I know Adi wasn't here for most of the game, and that was another stuff up, but... You know, yeah. we, we need to change things. You know, Richie McCaw changed things when things weren't going right. You know, and you need that leadership on the field as well. All right, Dave, great to chat, but finish the question okay. for me. Finish the sentence. If the All Blacks lose, Ian Foster's position as coach is? Safe as houses. <laughs> He's with Grant. Yeah, Safe go, as Dave. houses. Yeah. Good on you, Dave. Appreciate your thoughts. Thanks, Our number Dave. is 0800 811 If you want to finish that sentence, you know where to go. Pick up your phone. Give us a call now. Back after this with your calls. Oh, what a lovely lyric that is. Oh, bless. Galway, good part of the world. I had a great time in Galway. I had a great time in Ireland. Why are we playing Irish tunes? Why are we not playing, you know, Scribe? And Some quintessential New Zealand. Because Irish music culture is a thing. And it's, it has a distinctive sound. I mean, I will Sounds say, Irish. Hey, Dan, I What mean, a great country it is. The city of Wellington will be absolutely pumping with Irish fans. You going? Win. No, no, no. You're not going? Oh, I'm just going to use a quiet I'll barbecue. S- I'll send you a photo from there. Are you going? Yeah. Uh, if the All Blacks lose tonight, then Ian Foster should be fired, writes Brendan of Masterton. He has answered our question we're putting to you, the listener. Uh, give us a call, because uh, I'd love you to explain it. Um, text... Fun thing, but we prefer a conversation. 0800-150-811. The two questions really are, if the All Blacks lose, Ian Foster's position as coach is, dot, 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 finish the sentence. Grant Elliott says safe as houses. Um, if Dave, the All Blacks Dave win, from Palmy said safe as houses. If, if the All Blacks win, Ian Foster's position as coach is, da, 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 
safer. Safer. <laughs> safer. Uh, you've moved up from the straw house to the brick house. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm but saying safer. But what if it all house. goes Pete Tong in South Africa? Well, you've got to say that you just got to learn from it. They've got to be getting better all the time, surely. Well, hey, it's not uncommon. It's not uncommon for Ireland to beat New Zealand. In recent years, it's gone, um, well, it's gone Ireland's way far too many times. One kick for history. The mighty All Blacks felled by Ireland for the first time in history. Their American dream has come true. It's taken 111 years, 29 meetings, and so much heartache. Surely today, Anthony Foley, their guiding light. 40 points to 29, and in Chicago. Perinara for Sam Whitelock. They haven't scored a try in the game. Can they snatch it? Oh, Ratanik drops it. Drops it, Cole. The game is over. Ireland score a famous home win against the All Blacks. Monumental performance from first whistle to last. It has to be if you're going to beat the All Blacks. And they have beaten the All Blacks. It's a third success for Ireland over New Zealand. They jump for joy. It will be the mother and father of all parties in Dublin town tonight. Ireland have got the ball. The All Blacks try and walk over the top of it. Ireland will get it and they'll boot it into the grandstand. Connor Murray gives it off to Carberry. And a famous Irish victory. Their first against the All Blacks in New Zealand. Look into the ears. Why are, we the ears. Why are we playing so many Irish victories? It took them 111 years to beat us, and then they've won four in the last five or six, Grant. Catch up, man. Let's play some all-black victories. Over 110 years we beat them. We kept them down. We slapped them on the backside of the face. We're better than you. Yeah, but subconsciously. Are we better than them tonight? Let us know. 0800 150 811. Foster will keep his job because New Zealand rugby will uh, never admit they picked the wrong guy. I'm a bit of a cynic like that, Tex. I guess if I'm to answer that question of if he lose, what's happened? I don't think anything will happen to him, Foster. I think he'll stay on. I, I think there'll be a sacrificial lamb in the assistant coaching box. That, that seems like, to me, what a, a very New Zealand rugby thing to do. Well, I don't know this morning because I've been subconsciously brainwashed by uh, our producer. He's playing Irish music. He's playing old Irish victories. He's almost brainwashed me into thinking that we're definitely going to lose this game. Yep. You requested this, uh, Ryan. I did not. Goldie. Goldie has texted, and I'm not sure if it's the Goldie. Um, you can't keep underperforming players for an elongated period, coaches as well, particularly if there are firm alternatives. Form, form alternatives. Form alternatives. Yeah. My apologies. Uh, Ron writes, they can't afford to get rid of the coaches. You need to, a captain that leads by example. You don't have that, and that is Foster's fault. We won the World Cups, not because of the coaches, but because we had Richie as captain. Um, and lastly, on this uh, text uh, run, Morning Daniel and Grant, has the possibility been thought that even if the All Blacks win tonight, Foster could still be going, judging by his overall record? Well, I think uh, a lot of people have put uh, some thought into that. We will take a short break. Um, or, oh, no, we can take John. We'll take John now. 
Oh, okay. Okay. John doesn't want to talk to us. Uh, that's okay, John. I'll get over it. 12 away from 11. Solid. Let's go black. It's a great song. It's a great song. Well done, Ben. Much Fun. better. There you go. And this will please this unnamed texter who is shouting at us. Yeah, good. I actually it's, like the fact he's shouting it's at all us. In, it's all in caps. She's shouting at us. Blinking, what are you up to, Taffy? Please talk about the All Blacks, not the bloody Irish, please. Hurry up or you want us to lose. Well, that's oh, exactly so how not, I was feeling. So we're not allowed to talk about the opponents. You guys won the last 10. You can talk about the opponents, but just don't talk them up too much. It just gives us oh, that... Oh, right, because they're, they're listening to the show and it will give them more belief. No, I want to have that feeling of belief that we're going into this game and we're going to win it, not okay, that we're going right. into it and we're going to lose it. You want my prediction? Yes. I think the All Blacks will win. Perfect. There you go, unnamed shouty texter. Does that make you happy? I think it will. I think you will be. Is it a foregone conclusion? No, it's not, because I have eyes. And I have watched these two teams play each other a lot in the last few years, and there's not a whole lot in it. That unnamed texter? If the All Blacks play near 100%, I could see them winning double digits into the 20s. Well, that's positive. Yeah. But there's no guarantee they'll be able to play near their best because of the opposition. Because of the opposition. I do like... Games are played between two teams, Grant, aren't they? Yeah. And I like hearing from our um, listeners with full capitals in bold texting us. Yeah, but I'd rather, I'd rather hear you. I'd, I'd rather yeah, hear I'd, that. I want to hear the passion on 0800-150-811. Yeah, we love shouty texts. We love Jared's for God's sake texts every week. Um, uh, keep them rolling in. I can keep up that wonderful New Zealand music culture rolling up. I must admit I was at a wedding, my sister's wedding in Ireland, um, at the end of end of uh, you know when the DJ and the and the, the bar closed down. You overstayed your welcome. Yeah we did. We elbowed <laughs> our way into the back bar of Sleep Delight Castle. Amazing hotel, beautiful stuff. And there were two sections really the, the old the, the, you know the natives and the visitors. Um and the the Irish singing beautiful cultural Irish songs, blah blah blah. And we pissed Kiwis were just belting out, you know, why does love do this to me on repeat? And that uh, sort of sums up the um, you know the music culture between the two the two nations. <laughs> so they were there with their flutes because they bring they bring instruments yeah, to exactly. the pubs. Yeah, I played in uh, Belfast for a while. Brilliant. And um, yeah, they they are very culturally, um, I guess, Proud. superior. Proud. Yeah, Proud. I've never seen a Kiwi walk in with a flute to the pub. <laughs> if they do, they'd probably be like, "Mate, come on, what are you doing? Get out of here!" Oh, that was a fine wedding. I. I was, I set a table on fire at that wedding. <laughs> Just as the bride was being announced. Oh, gee. Please welcome Mr. and Mrs. Damien and Bets Anna. Then <laughs> <laughs> I looked at my sister, who was the bride. She just handed oh, me. Oh, never had devil eyes like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Kimberly writes, I'm liking Daniel's reverse psychology approach. Oh. Thank That's you, what you think it is, Kimberly. And uh, Chris from Christchurch, last text this out. Thanks for everyone who's chipped in. Um, how many All Black coaches have the rugby union sacked during the coaches' appointed term? Very few, Chris. Even in Super Rugby. Even in Super Rugby. And that's why I'm predicting they'll make a change eventually in the assistance. See if, if results don't improve, that is. Back after this break, we'll get Grant's thoughts on the cricket. Hi, our mics aren't on. Our mics weren't on. That, uh, was, that was some of the best radio we've ever done. Sweet sounds of Land of the Long White Cloud. Brought to you by the Saturday Sesh. We're emotional. We're New Zealanders again. Yeah. You're with Grant Elliott and Daniel O. McCarty. Oh, thank goodness we got over that hour of Irish madness. 
back How home now. How dare we talk about the Irish? Someone writes, forgot to say, the All Blacks will win if they have a Queenslander attitude. Yes, Queenslander. You beauty, Dave. How good was that? 22-12. Or who was it we were speaking on the show that said the Queenslanders had no chance? Now you've you've stumped me. The Maroons. Stumped me. Said they had no chance. Well, they, um, what, to defend the title next year? No. 2-1. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. Uh, plenty to come on the program in the next hour. Next hour, our Saturday session Legends segment carries on in association with Somerset. We are going to catch up with a man who um, helped out the Black Caps in a management uh, perspective for years and years and years. Um, we're also going to uh, talk about a legendary game for which they were involved in during his time. It was the anniversary just a few days ago of the 2019 Cricket World Cup, Grant. Well, I wouldn't say a legendary game. It'll be interesting to see. It but was a legendary game. It was. Game. But it wouldn't be it a game painful. that many people would go, oh, let's sit down as a family and watch the World Cup 2019. Wow. We, should, we should watch it together and live stream it. Yeah. But I spoke See to how it, angry we get. I spoke to Mike Sandal and I said, hey, Roman, do you mind coming on the, the segment, our legend segment? And, you know, he's a very humble man. He said, well, I don't know about legend. He said, love to talk about the um, World Cup 2019 final. And he said, yeah, no, that's cool. Not a day has gone by where I haven't thought about it at least twice a day. So, so, what, so what phase of the stages of, of grief is Ian? I know. We should look at yeah. the stages of grief to know. Because uh, there's people that... Uh, is he in denial still? I'm definitely still angry. Um, bargaining? No, I just... I, I know they're not going to change the rules, even though they, they changed did. the rules. They did change the, We passed that. No, they did change no, the rules. No, but I like, changed the result, I mean. Uh, depression, yeah, I think I'll always be depressed about that game. Acceptance, I'm never going to accept it. I'm perpetually in a, in a state of grief when it comes to that game. I was in Bali, and I was watching the Wimbledon final on one big screen, and I was watching the World Cup final on the other screen. And I, gee, I was so angry about that game. I think I'm still, I'm still in the, I'm only in the second stage at the moment. You're still in anger. I'm still in the second stage. Three years on, New Zealand, what stage so are you at? Are you over? Have you put it to bed? Have you found peace? Gee, I wish I was you, because uh, I'm firmly in, uh, still in the midst of the, uh, the stages of grief for that game. So we'll talk to Mike Sandal at about quarter past 12. Really looking forward to welcoming him into the uh, show, part of our Saturday session, Legends. Uh, someone writes here, Daniel, please play a little bit of Kiwi Dudes, Spone and Split Ends, Crowded House, Diddy Smash, Hello Sailor, Dave Dobbin, please. That text arrived 30 seconds after Ben started playing some Dave Dobbin. Uh, message has been received loud and clear. I, apparently, if you talk about the opponent when the All Blacks are playing, it's frowned upon. And you yeah. might even get shouted at. Well, I think you've been told. You've been told. I've been a big fan about let's play more, you know, Kiwiana. And um, it's all been Irish the first hour. Let's hope it's not like that in the game. Well, guess who's coming up on this show in about 10 minutes' time? Tell me. A former Irish international and Irish rugby commentator. I knew that. I just wanted you to tell me and the listeners as yeah. well. I am excited about that. I had a friend who said uh, he was at a function where he spoke at uh, last night and said it was excellent. Donald Linehan will be joining the show in about 10 minutes' time. Uh, Grant Alley, the Black Caps have been playing a wild one-day series against Ireland. There we go. We're talking about Ireland again. Hmm, there's a theme. I wonder why we've been playing Irish and New Zealand music. Uh, the most uh, recent game was New Zealand posting 360 for the loss of six. Um, and Ireland getting just 
within a whisker. 359 for the loss of nine. They lost by one run. Uh, New Zealand won by three wickets the second game. Um, and what? New Zealand won by one wicket in the first game. This is it's been really tight. Every game has been tight, Daniel, which is, a, a you'd say, a little bit of a concern. Um, in the first game, they've been, all been quite high scoring, except for the second uh, one day. And um, it was really interesting. Um, you know, the, the last one, 360 runs scored in a, a one-day international. New Zealand batting first, and Ireland um, getting within one run. But I'd say that it's not our, our front-line team. There's no Bolt, there's no Saudi. Um, you know, no Kane Williamson there, no Devin Conway, so they're obviously being rested. But I think in terms of how we look at this series, Ireland could easily have won this series 2-1. There was, um, there was a game where um, Michael Bracewell in the first game set the scene. Well, he, he is getting my nomination for the Sleep Drops performance oh, wow. the week for that. That was pretty impressive to watch. Coming in at, what, number seven? Yep. Um, and belting 127 of 82 balls with 10 fours and seven sixes. And how many off the last over? 24 for the last over. He only needed 20, but he belted 24 That's for the last impressive. over. Like getting 127 off 82 balls um, would put you in the mix anyway. But then icing on the cake was finishing it off, actually seeing uh, the team over the line. So Michael Bracewell is my nomination for the Sleep Drops performance of the week. New Zealand's only range of sleep and stress support supplements. Uh, remember, we always have a giveaway on the show uh, for your favourite sporting moment of the week. We call it the Sleep Drops Performance of the Week. Get your nominations through to double eight double three, or pick up the phone and let us know 0800 150 Is that The worrying signs about that is you've got a number seven scoring a big hundred to beat Ireland. So I don't think that we've been you know, probably up to our standards in terms of what we're producing with the bat. Yes, you'd say 360 is probably where we want to be against Ireland. Um, but then also not being able to back it up with the bowling. And, and it's tough. It is tough to find combinations. And it's the same with the All Blacks, I think. It's just looking for combinations when new players come in. I'm not convinced that player rotation is the way to go. I know with the mental wellness of players, but you know, when you sign a contract to play for the, the Black Caps for a year, shouldn't you, you be doing that? Like, shouldn't you have consistency in your team and not just come in and out um, all the time? I understand that when there are cases where some players will need that time to get away from the game, but I think that you have to dedicate that whole time to your country and who you're playing for. It's so important that you find the consistent combinations and the right combinations in your team so that you can deliver consistent performances and results. And I know that that's worked because you know we had a team where we turned things around and the reason why we turned things around was consistent selections and defined roles of players. It's not as if they haven't been playing guys who play a lot of one-day internationals for New Zealand. You look at Lockie Ferguson, Matt Henry, been opening the bowling. Uh, Tickner's been in and out of the side a bit over the last couple of years. Okay, he's, he's one more of the fresher-face bowlers. There's an experienced sort of new ball yeah. uh, partnership. You've, you've had Mitchell Santon there, who's been an excellent one-day bowler, so... I'd say Lockie Ferguson. I mean, I know uh, leading into the series, I think he had played 37 one-dayers, which is actually quite you know early on in your stages for one-day cricket. You know, 37 one-dayers isn't a lot of one-dayers. When you look at some of the subcontinent players who are up there at almost you know 200 uh, one-dayers, I remember starting at the same time as Suresh Rayner, and um, I had played something like 31 one-dayers, 
he was already at 150. Add a few um, more dollars and cents than you too. By yeah, the age. a couple more. couple? Yeah, a couple Just more a couple. luck and yeah. crawl. Um, <laughs> well, he, you, know, but, you didn't have to do anything embarrassing for <laughs> an IPL team, I guess. Always look on the bright side of life, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> we can play that. But what is exciting, though, I think, in this team is, you know, Finn Allen. So we've got Finn Allen. He gets a little bit of experience in the team. Lockie Ferguson, exciting to see pace up front. Unfortunately, Adam Milne's got injured. He's gone home. It would have been nice to see the likes of Ferguson and Milne bowling together because I think anyone that bowls over that 150k an hour, you know, you can create some opportunities through the middle of the game. Um, and then Bracewell's been a huge positive. I know there was a lot of um, animosity towards him about the test matches and his performances. But he is more of a white ball player. Well, exactly. If you looked at what he did with the red ball with Wellington, yeah. by no means he needs to go on a test tour. No. He's always looked a candidate for the white ball. And he actually did play in the white ball uh, this past summer at home, didn't he? Yeah. And the, the fact that he bowls off spin as well means that you could go with Satna Bracewell through the middle and then you've got a left arm ortho and someone who bowls off spin as well. So I think that that's a real positive, especially in uh, subcontinent conditions. Sodi, uh, just the... The one game for him. So, yeah, I, I'd love to get a league spinner in our team. But I think Satna nullifies that because we're so content in just playing the one spinner, which is why I think Bracewell could almost um, play in that position that uh, him and DeGrandholm, so you either choose the two spinners or the um, seeming all-rounder. Dave's having a go at me via the text, double eight, double three, for nominating another cricketer. I think that's about three. You're right, Dave. I think that's about three or four weeks in a row I've gone down the cricket path. Johnny Bairstow has been on another planet. Oh, that's yeah. That's why um, he got my nominations. Uh, but Dave goes, Daniel, 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 another cricket sporting moment of the week. However, this week's brace was 24 off the last over as well deserved. And he's a Kiwi. Dave, I will admit, I have, I am well aware that I've um, chosen a lot of cricketers recently. And I was scrambling around but when he finished off Bad innings like that, I was like, I'm going to have to go down that pass, uh, path again. Thank you for texting in. So to you, Mike, who writes Performance of the Week, Big Tino putting Matt Burton in a headlock, allowing Gagai a few clean shots, and then Burton gets binned. Man will win the lotto this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a big slice of luck. He did get away with that one there. It was, um, it was a real old school, old school state of origin feel about that moment for sure. Um, and uh, Mike is um, uh, uh, making a request. It's actually more of a demand uh, to our <laughs> musical producer today, for which Grant and I have nothing to do with, by the way. Nothing. Rubbish. Pump up the Irish music. Some undertones would go down well. And Stiff Little Fingers. <laughs> is Stiff Little Fingers a band? I'm just, th- just visualising the uh, Teenage Kicks by the undertones. That's a cracking song. I do love that one. Uh, a couple more. And, the, oh, dear, we've already opened up the Hurt Locker, haven't we? Um, by mentioning Mike Sandals, our legend, next out, to talk about the Cricket World Cup final three years on. It was the anniversary a couple of days ago. And also his um, amazing career with the Black Caps of, what, 10, 15 years it was. Uh, someone writes, I'm still in the stage of dep- uh, desperately searching media in the hope that I'm wrong about what I saw. It was a bad dream, and it never actually happened. Is that denial? Yeah. That yeah. is you're, denial. You're deep in... Denial. He's you're you're, you're at stage the first one. stage. You're still on, you're <laughs> stage one of grief. You're still stage one, and that's okay. I'm not going to tell you to get over it. People told me to get it. Don't tell people to get over it. I'll never get over it. Um, uh, hi guys. Never got over the long, uh, the, the night long grief, and have never recovered. 
Damasina cost us one run when totally. the batters didn't cross. The ball hit Stokes' bat. Third umpire told him to take one run off. He refused. Cheers, Anthony. Oh, yes. Yeah. Where are we going to go? Dave writes, I was at Lords and at Cardiff in 2007, oh. and I'll never let it go. Oh, my Ouch. gosh. You are cursed. Don't ever go to a big New Zealand sporting game, uh, please. And uh, Sam writes, Daniel, the game shall not be spoken of. Well, it will be in about an hour's time. We'll take a short break, though, and catch up with uh, former Irish lock, now commentator, to uh, dig a little bit deeper into this deciding test match between the All Blacks and Ireland. Donald Lenehan joins us after this. Third and final test match later this evening in Wellington, the Riviera of the South Pacific, on a glorious day in the capital. You could possibly tell that this show is broadcast from Wellington by two proud Wellingtonians. It's a huge game tonight. Uh, all up for grabs. It is one all heading into a third test. New Zealand has not lost a three-test match series at home since 1986. Grant Elliott, how old were you? I was just seven years old seven then. Seven years old. Seven years old. community in South Africa. Supporting the Springboks. Oh, yeah. I was going to Ellis Park. Yeah, things have changed. Yeah. Let's welcome in a man who will be there. He's been right across this tour. Uh, he's had a huge part in uh, Irish rugby for a number of years. Over 50 caps for his beloved Ireland. Represented the British and Irish Lions to these uh, days a commentator and a final one at that. Donald Lenehan is kind enough to join us from somewhere in Wellington. I hope, Donald, we find you in good form and you haven't been sunburnt this morning. Absolutely. Well, I tell you, the contrast between uh, when we arrived here on Tuesday and uh, we were at the Maori match in the cake tin and it was absolutely appalling. I'm looking out the... Uh, the window of my hotel just looking across the harbour and um, it's absolutely fantastic and great to think that the decider at least is going to be played in great weather whoever comes out on top you can't blame the conditions for what happens tonight so really looking forward to it uh, very interested that you had Bono and you two playing us in um, Bono would be a Leinster supporter I'm a proud monster man so uh, I'll have to <laughs> get on to your people in the music department <laughs> Be careful, he might hang up on us, Ben. <laughs> Lift your game, Ben. Oh, well, Donald, it's, uh, it's Grant Elliott here. Great to have you on the show. I'll tell you what, the first hour, it's all been Irish tunes, and uh, there, there was even some old uh, um, commentary played of all Irish's wins against the All Blacks, and I had to I had to tell the guys to pull themselves towards themselves and play a little bit of All Blacks. So, it's first hour. New Zealand rugby supporters, eh? Donald? <laughs> You know them. You yeah, know well, them. There's uh, only one team they care about. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't know what's going on here. People are killing us with kindness. I was speaking at the Mara St. Pat's dinner last night, and uh, everybody in New Zealand seems to be following Ireland for some reason. I don't know why you're all sort of chucking in support behind your own team. I've never seen it before. I think you're lulling us into a false sense of security. Well, I tell you what, Donald. Uh, the Black Caps, I don't know if you follow cricket, but they played against Ireland and won 3-0. So I don't know if that's uh, something which might yeah, happen in the future. Set the tone for tonight. Oh, look, uh, I, I think if you want to put this game into context, the, the Irish Rugby Football Union was founded in 1874. If Ireland were to win tonight and win a series in New Zealand, I think that would be the greatest achievement of an Irish team since the foundation of the Union. It's that big. I mean... Wow. Uh, we've had 12 series. The Lions have had 12 series down here since, 
1904, and uh, they've only one series win to show for it. So I think that puts it into context. Um, mm. You know, it's been fascinating to watch the evolution of this Irish team over the past number of years. Uh, one of your own, Joe Schmidt, I think, played a, a huge part of where Irish rugby is now. Um, I, I, I was a young boy standing on the terraces in Thoman Park in 1978 when Munster beat the All Blacks. So, um, and it took us until 2016 to beat them again. But uh, we're kind of getting used to it now, four out of the last seven. So we, we're, we're getting the hang of how to beat you, fellas. Well, I was about to say, four out of the last seven, you must be getting bored of it. You never get bored of beating New Zealand. I mean, we were on the, the back end of many hammerings. There was a time you'd come <laughs> down to New Zealand and all you'd see is ads of uh, Irish players dressed as leprechauns or Irish players dressed as uh, in a line for river dance or something. That was all we could offer in those days. But um, it's good to see you're taking us a little bit more seriously, though. But uh, I know, look, I think uh, it, it's fantastic for rugby. New Zealand have always been the... Uh, the 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 team that we've looked up to for years, um, you know, I was lucky enough in in my own managerial capacity to work with people like Graham Henry and and uh, Warren Gatlin, so I've got an insight to the New Zealand mentality, and um, you know, there's been a, a transformation really in Irish rugby over the past number of years. Um, uh, incredible to think Johnny Sexton, their captain, turned 37 last Monday morning, and, um, you know, he's still an integral part of, of this Irish team. So it's huge. I mean, the interest back home, um, you talk about cricket and Ireland playing in cricket. Cricket would be way down the wish list in terms of sport in Ireland. The biggest game is hurling. The All-Ireland hurling final is on uh, back in Ireland on, on Sunday. But even this game, the amount of people who will be up, uh, the game is on Irish time, 8 a.m. in the morning, there's every rugby club, there's breakfast being organised. Uh, so people, there's a massive interest in this game. Um, and there's a good few Irish. We, we have a, a supporting group. There's 160 of us out here together. But Irish people have been flying in from all over Australia, uh, all over South Asia for this game. And, you know, for, for the three tests to be sold out, again, you go, it isn't that long ago, you know, Irish tests would be played in Hamilton or one of the smaller stadia. But no, I see even Wellington, they had to put in extra seats. And that's great. That's where you want your international rugby. Test rugby should be special. And New Zealand should be put under pressure by uh, the big Northern Hemisphere teams. And it's, it's good for New Zealand rugby. Um, so I think tonight's game, uh, you know, the interest around it is incredible. Uh, you look at the changes New Zealand have made. I think they're putting out the strongest side they've fielded in the series. So look, it's, it's two teams at their best going going hammer and tongs to try and get a win. Yeah, they, they have augmented the loose forward trio for the third straight test. Uh, Sam Whitelock returns. Of course, that allows Scott Barrett to go back to number six. Did New Zealand lack a bit of impact in that in that loose forward trio last week and outplayed by by their Irish opposites? Yeah, I think they did. But look, you've got to, in the cold light of day, it was a thrilling result for Ireland to win down here for the first time against New Zealand. But if you've got to take it into context, you know, when you sat down on Monday morning and, and looked at it in the cold light of day, you have to recognise that New Zealand played uh, with 14 men for all but 17 minutes of the match. Uh, mm. Likewise, up front, I think the, the sort of ridiculous, the uh, officiating, the mistake that was made around the Ardi Sevea issue that he wasn't yeah. allowed back on the field, like Savea was man of the match in the opening game in, in Eden Park. He is 
uh, the outstanding member of that back row combination. I personally think he, he'd be more effective at seven. But uh, to lose him uh, and... To be fair, the Irish breakaway three or Peter Romani is like a man reborn. Josh van der Fleer has been playing outstanding rugby. And Caelan Doris, who, who was playing at six because Jack Conan, who'd been, who played three tests for the Lions last summer in South Africa, uh, I think Doris is more at home as a number eight. So the balance of that back row has been outstanding. You then have Tyg Byrne in the second row. Tyg has played six. He hadn't played, the opening test was his first match since the last game in the Six Nations, so he was a bit off the pace, uh, but obviously benefited from getting 60 minutes in that opening game. I thought he was outstanding last week, but the one thing that uh, we'd be conscious, in I think a lot of the games that we played, that we beat New Zealand, the sort of retaliate white lock second row combination uh, was certainly unavailable for two of those games. Uh, when When white lock isn't there, that New Zealand uh, set piece just doesn't seem to be the same. So, look, uh, he's back. Uh, so I'm expecting a huge battle, both set piece and at the breakdown. Donald, um, you know, every time um, in the last year when we've heard uh, before an All Blacks test, the players always talk about, oh, we've got to be better at the physicality up front and how we play. How do you think they fared against the Irish in terms of the physicality of that forward pack? Uh well, look, all the teams down here, they're big, strong, uh, very, very strong in the contact area. Um, but I think uh, New Zealand, they don't have the same uh, no, sort of level of ball carriers that they've had in the past. I think certainly yeah. Scott Barris, who I think is an underrated forward, like he, he adds so much to their game. But having him in the back row with Retallick and Whitelock, it just adds a little bit more balance to their, to their pack from that point of view. But look, Ireland have got used to, I mean, you're talking about physicality. Uh, the French, who, you know, uh, obviously they beat New Zealand last time out in Paris, but they're building a squad, an absolutely monstrous squad for the World Cup. They, they have incredible strength and depth now. England are always incredibly physical. So Ireland are used to playing against that type of opposition. Mm. We know also in our domestic league we're playing, you have the four South African provinces, the Sharks and the Bulls, the rest of them. So we're getting more exposed to those big physical packs, and that's actually good for Irish rugby. So, you know, that element doesn't phase Ireland anymore. Um, but I think where Ireland have improved is in terms of uh, their evasion. In, in, they don't always look for the collisions. Uh, again, the likes of Peter Romani, he's worked on his footwork. So, um, like Ireland, are keeping the ball alive better. Their continuity players better. Um, and, and defensively, um, you know, they've been outstanding. And I think New Zealand teams, you know, they, they struggle at times to, to deal with the sort of blitz defence that the European teams bring. Uh, I think their attack has been frustrated from that point of view. Um, yes. So it'll be interesting to see how they evolve. I mean, test matches, you learn from, even in victory and defeat. Uh, certainly Ireland learned a huge amount from the opening test in Eden Park. Uh, and it's all about the subtle tweaks and, and you know I expect that uh, certainly from an attacking perspective New Zealand haven't been at the level that we would expect them to be at but I think you know with Havili back in the centre with uh, Will Jordan in the back three you know they're a different animal today Well that's the beauty of test series isn't it uh, one, two, three consecutive weeks it's about making adjustments um, and now Ireland are the, the hunted after having won the, the last test do they do you sense they'll make any 
adjustments with a, the substantial or, or more more on the minor side? Uh, well, I think look, they're they're going to be conscious with with Nepal um, Lalala. I think he's probably a better uh, technical scrummager than Tunga Fassi, so they know mm-hmm. that set piece is going to be attacked. Ireland do an awful lot of launch plays off scrum and lineout. They're very inventive in terms of the way they can create space for themselves. So a lot, I mean, and, and, and the beauty of having Barrett there along with Retallick and, and Whitelock is he's stationed at the tail of the lineout. Ireland look to win an awful lot. That's the best quality ball from an attacking sense. Uh, the fact that New Zealand will challenge in the air there. If, if Ireland set piece, it was put under huge pressure in Eden Park. And as a consequence of that, they weren't able to sort of uh, play those launch plays that they loved. They the wraparounds from Johnny Sexton, um, uh, getting fellas like Mac Hansen and uh, James Lowe to play off their wing and, and come up as a second receiver. If, they, if, if New Zealand can stop them at source and um, stop them or prevent them from being able to play the game on their terms, uh, like that for me is where this game is going to be decided. I think New Zealand must have learned a huge amount from the opening two games. I mean, there's no doubt uh, they would have had huge respect for Ireland coming into this series. But I think even they might have been slightly surprised with just how good their attacking game has been. Donald, um, I want to go into the psychology of the game, and I spoke about it earlier with our listeners. I almost feel that Ireland are going in with, a, well, you know, doesn't really matter. We've got nothing to lose here um, type mentality. Whereas I think the All Blacks will be going in going, well, we have got quite a lot to lose here because you've got the pride of the jersey. You've got a nation who is very rugby proud um, and expectant of a series win from the All Blacks. And their coaches in the gun. Yeah, and, and, and being an experienced player like yourself, does that mentality and psychology of the game have any place in this series and going into the final game? Oh, I think the mental side of it is huge. Um, like, and, and that, it's a challenge for Ireland because you look, okay, we've beaten New Zealand four times since 16. But in the game that followed when we beat them, the next time we, we played against them, New Zealand put us away. So therefore, it's a question of, of backing up. And this is the beauty of a series, as you say. And I think Ireland, they know, uh, okay, we've achieved this much now, but have we the mental... The easy thing, look, it's no different to New Zealand when they came up to Ireland and to, to Britain last November. You're at the end of a long season. To be fair, you had the COVID bubble and all that. So, I mean, they were more restricted than the Irish players would be here. But yeah, the Irish players are into the 13th month of their season. So the easy thing mentally wow. is to is to switch off and say, well, look, this is the last simple things. And it's always been a question when you're on tour, you're away for a number of weeks. You're you're thinking about, you know, they're 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 on their holidays next week. They're buying presents for the wives and the kids or girlfriends or whatever. Um, but that's where the it's the five days before the test match is what you've got to get right. It's that mentality to see, look, we've got to finish the job here. And I think Ireland have improved massively from that point of view. I think they are also very cognizant of the fact that they're within touching distance of doing something that is extremely rare. And I think they'll benefit from the fact that, you know, you look at the likes of, of say, Johnny Sexton, of Conor Murray, Tyg Furlong. They were here with the Lions four years ago, and they were in this exact same scenario. One all going into the third test. They had an opportunity to create history. 
Uh, you know, we all remember what happened at the end, the penalty, no penalty. The Lions ended up getting a draw. But I think, as as Steve Hansen said at the at the, at the end of it, like it's like kissing your sister. What's that all about? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so um, those Irish players will have been impacting on the rest of the Irish squad this week. That look, we blew our opportunity here as Lions four years ago. The fact that we've been given a chance to um, another chance to beat New Zealand is a, is a that is the message that has been put through all week. And, you know, uh, I, I'm speaking more from an Irish perspective. Because you're at the end of a 13-month season, it, uh, they would do very little on the pitch this week. Everybody knows what's expected yes. of them now in terms of their tactical approach, in terms of their set-piece organisation. So it's all about getting them. They're not going to get any better from a physical point of view. So it's all about getting the mental approach right. And that is the big challenge, I think, for both teams. Um, the challenge for Ireland is not to say, well, look, we've come to New Zealand. We've beaten the All Blacks for the first time. We've beaten the Maori. You must remember they've brought a young sort of backup group a lot of those players wouldn't be first choice with their provinces at home. That's an investment in the future. And the fact that they won yeah. against the Maori on Tuesday night, that feeds into the feel-good fa- feel factor within the squad. Those young lads now feel that they've contributed, even though they weren't in the match day 23 in a test day. So it's just the whole group has won. Everything has been geared to getting that mental side. If they're beaten, so be it. But you must fire every bullet you have in the chamber. You can't leave anything left and then have no regrets. And if New Zealand are good enough to beat you, so be it. But, you know, you, 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 you might never, ever get this opportunity again. So therefore, leave tomorrow morning with no regrets. Give it your best shot. Play to the best of your ability and don't have any regrets. And that's exactly the mindset of this Irish group all week. Well, Donald, it's been an absolute treat having you on the program. We really do appreciate it. Thanks so much for giving up uh, your valuable time on a Saturday morning ahead of a test match. My last question, who wins the All-Ireland? Is it is it the pint of beer or, or the poem? Because uh, it's Kilkenny oh. up against um, Limerick, isn't it? Limerick, that's right. Yeah. Well, Limerick are monsters, so I'd have to go with Limerick. Brilliant. <laughs> I love that. Just loyalty. Fantastic. Exactly. Donald, thanks so much. Enjoy the game tonight. We appreciate it. Thank you, Donald. Cheers, lad. Thank you. Bye-bye. Donald Lunahan uh, joining us there, former Irish. Uh, great player for 50 tests for the Irish uh, tour on multiple occasions uh, with the British and Irish Lions. Uh, great to have him on the show. Well, there you go. I mean, you know, I think the insight into I mean, he had 52 caps for Ireland, uh, played in the British Lions and, and captained them, I think, reading his Wikipedia. Um, Mid- but midweek teams, I think he did. Oh, midweek. But what he, what he did say is that the mentality is is so important going into this game. And he said, no regrets. You've got to give it your best shot. Don't leave a bullet in the chamber. And you go out there with no regrets. He did touch on, and I've had this before, is the one foot on the plane type scenario where you've been on tour for 13 months. Well, it's a 13-month season. For those who aren't good at maths, <clears throat> that's quite a long time. Yeah. So no doubt you're fighting yourself to not think about the holiday that you're about to go on. You've got the most important test match of those 13 months now that's come at the end. Yeah, but this isn't the last game against Bangladesh in a five-match series. No, you haven't been in Bangladesh for three months. Yeah, you haven't beaten New Zealand in New Zealand Yes, in over 100 years of history. So you would have to say that that's diluted the one-foot-on-the-plane type players and that they are so focused. And he mentioned leading up to this test match 
It's about the week leading into it. Do you have um, any regrets of a big match that you didn't? Uh, your best shot that you left a few bullets in the chamber. Um, in terms of touring, no, nah, not so much. No, I think I always, I, w- I was always conscious of the one foot on the plane type mentality. So I think I maybe had it once in Sri Lanka, but we won the game. But it's when but you no lose, it, yeah, you let you, you really no, no <laughs> thanks to me. No, you really do let yourself down as a player because yeah. your mind is focused elsewhere, and when it actually has to be focused on the present which tonight you'd say for the Irish players, and as Donald said, this is huge. What did he say since the conception of Irish rugby in 18... 111 years ago. He said this is the most important game. Yeah, that's quite telling. And that, um, I don't know, might be a reason why we've tried to have a bit of an Irish perspective on this, uh, much to the annoyance of uh, certain texters uh, this morning. But that's okay. That's what sport's about. Differences of opinions. We will take a short break, 22 minutes away from uh, 12 o'clock. The lines are always open. Remember to keep your nominations for Sleep Drops Performance of the Week coming in like this one. Um, that reads, Performance of the Week, Hayden Wild winning again, this time in Hamburg, a couple of weeks out from the Com Games. This guy just keeps on performing. Mm. Uh, so double eight, double three. get your nominations in for the Sleep Drops Performance of the Week. Uh, you got through to the end of the program for that. Uh, the Week in Words, the sporting quotes that stood out to us, not too far away. Stay with us. This is SENZ. For you, for you. That it's over. But there is nothing I can do. Yeah, I'm not singing, Grant. I don't know. What is love? Any savings to me? Parties in Ireland. <laughs> When I need to show off some true New Zealand culture. Fozzie came. And went. No, he didn't. Safe He's as safe houses. as houses. Come on. Safe as houses. Come on, the All Blacks. Come on, Ian Foster. Oh, you know, as I said earlier, gun to your head. Gun to your head. I'm picking the All Blacks. Perfect. I've got the faith. $1.27. $1.27. Irish at $3.70 at the moment. Time for the Week in Words, which has... During the Super Rugby season, uh, and with our, our Super Rugby fan show, sort of taking a back seat. Mm. But there's been some cracking sporting quotes this week I want to get into with you, uh, Grant. We do like a good sledge. We do like a good niggle. James Gemmell, um, former TV presenter in the UK, I think he's with Whisper these days. Um, he alluded me to this via Twitter. You're a shit, Richie McCaw, pal. Peter Omani overheard to Sam Kane on Saturday. It's a reminder that the legacy and pressure of the jersey is ever-present for the All Blacks, particularly with the number seven on the back. Tell you what. <laughs> that's, it, that's not bad. Yeah. On, on the quality niggle scale, what are you grading that one at? Yeah, well, the thing is, the mentality of that, that really does cut deep because I think Sam Kane, to, to try and fill those boots that Richie McCall, I mean, no, no one really could, could they? Can't. He was the world's best, Richie McCall. World's best. Million tests. So to go in and take that number Million seven tests. jersey, you almost retire that jersey. Don't even have a seven. Well, no, on some the sporting franchises around the world would have. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and I, I suspect that it will be very physical and quite a bit of sledging in the first 10 minutes of this game. But how do you rate that, Niggle? Yeah, bro. That's a good seven or eight, I reckon. Seven or eight? Yeah, I reckon. That's more a psychological niggle. That was one that you, you yeah. don't forget. It's just six words. It gets to the point, Angle. and it ruminates in that guy's head for a long yeah. time. Especially if someone from your team laughs. Best one-liner you were given? 
Um, oh, no, I was just always called a clubby. <laughs> oh, the Australian yeah. cricketers just used to call me a clubby, just a club, club cricketer. cricketer. Just a club cricketer. Yeah. You're just a grade cricketer. Just a club cricketer. You're lucky to be on the same field as us. Whoa. Yeah. Inflated you opinion. You cut deep. I inflated opinion of your own, um, you know, worth in society, Australian cricketers. I used to smile, but um, inside I was real <laughs> angry. One day you'll yeah. tell me what Brad Haddon said to yeah. at the Cricket World Cup final. Even off air, he's never told me. Listen. Yeah. You just imagine what that line is. I, I, I'd pay so much to When find you out. tell me why you're called Snake <laughs> McCarty, then I'll tell you. It's a fair trade. <laughs> right, well, what have you got? I've got uh, something from the Tiger Woods, who's just missed the cut, unfortunately. At the Open At the Open Championship, not the British Open Championship. And um, what he has said is, the players who have chosen to go to LIV, you know how much I love the LIV. You've really got into it. You've, you've taken over the mantle from me. He said, I disagree with it. What they've done is they've turned their back on what has allowed them to get to this position. You're just getting paid a lot of money up front and playing a few events and playing 54 holes. They've gone right from the amateur ranks into the organization, LOV, and never really got a chance to play out here and understand what it feels like to play a tour schedule or to play in some big events. It is a possibility that some players will never get a chance to play in a major and walk down the fairways at Augusta National. It would be sad to see some of these young kids never get a chance to walk these hallowed grounds and play in these championships. I just don't see how that move is a positive in the long term for a lot of these players. I just don't understand it. It strikes me as you're taking the easy path, guys. You're off to semi-retirement well before you should. Charles Schwarzel made 75% of his career earnings in two tournaments, yep. matches. And that's why I've said repeatedly... Those type of players, I can understand joining the LIV. It's the ones like Dustin Johnson who have earned mm. career prize money mm. in the tens of millions. That's Ma what I cannot um, understand because it's not as if the, the, the PGA Tour all of a sudden is saying we're not going to pay you a lot of money to win events next year. So you're saying Tiger should actually be more understanding to the young players but not so much to the big names. I think he's talking more to the big names there. Yeah. Isn't he? But he mentions the young players, doesn't he? He's he like, does. oh, I feel sorry for them that they won't be able to experience a major when actually he probably should be throwing shade over the guys that have earned a lot of money from the PGA. Uh, we'll, we'll, only time will tell. Only time will tell how competitive this is, how popular this is. It's a Kerry this Packer might, series. This might, this might be the future. I think it's a Kerry Packer series. You know, cricketers go play the Packer series. Okay, so one day cricket under lights didn't work. No, it did work, yeah. thanks to the Packer series. Exactly. This is just a wake-up call to the PGA. What are you going to do about it? Uh, let's go to the world of basketball. We touched on this a couple of weeks ago. Kevin Durant uh, demanding a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. Of course, uh, a Kiwi, uh, Sean Marks, is the general manager there. Things have gone horribly wrong uh, at the Nets after they brought in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a mess there. Because um, Durant signed an extension last year, four years, max deal, huge numbers, you know, just shy of 200 million US. And Irving but, was off for half And, and then season. has demanded a trade, you know, within a few months. Now, the NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, um, when discussing Kevin Durant's uh, trade request just days before his four-year, 198 million US contract extension kicked in with the Brooklyn Nets, um, considered by many to be an extremely pro-player commissioner, Silver said... This kind of behaviour is not good for the league. And I quote, look, this needs to be a two-way street. Teams provide enormous security. 
and guarantees to players, the exception is in return that they'll meet their end of the bargain. I'm realistic that there's always going to be a conversation that go on behind closed doors between players, their representatives and the team. But we don't like to see players requesting trades. We don't like to see it play out this way. First real sign from a very pro-player commissioner that they're not happy. And I think the uh, the next round of uh, collective bargaining agreement um, negotiations are probably going to be a little bit uh, more heated because player power has got... Um, well, that's the one sport where player power is probably at its strongest. We will take a break. That was the week in words. The sporting quotes we were fascinated by. We will take a break. It's 10 away from 12. All right, coming up to the top of the hour. Thank you so much, Costa, for your kind words on the text. Double eight, double three, saying great interviews with the great interview with the Irish rugby uh, great uh, Donald Lenahan. Check out our social media if you missed it. Highly recommend it. He speaks very well. Who are we speaking to in the next hour, Grant? Uh, we've got uh, Mike Sandal, and I, I know that I've had a real bugbear, which is uh, nicknames in New Zealand. I just don't think they're good enough. Or well, this show, in fairness. Yeah. This show. We, we are leading the charge to Snake be, better, be and... better New Zealand with nicknames. Yeah. Thank you, Snake. You're welcome. The Jeff. <laughs> well, we've got uh, Mike Sandal, Roman uh, Sandal, actually that is, who was the manager of uh, Black Caps for probably, um, I guess, decade almost. And um, I, I think he was the glue of the culture for the team. Person that stuck Brilliant. that team together, that changed the team from being pretty average in middle table to being world's best. And because it's the anniversary two days ago of the nine. 19- the 2019 Cricket World Cup. We're going to ask what it was like being in the back room. Sitting on that Lord's <laughs> balcony. <laughs> During oh. that game. That will be We're going to have to relive it, I'm sorry. Oh, get over it, Grant! Never get over it. Um, we will take a short break. Back with plenty more on the Saturday session. Stay with us. Four away from 12. Good Wellington band. Oh, is this Wellington born and bred, this one? Jihad. Oh, get behind them. What, what did they change their name to? Is it Pacifier? Yeah, that's right. After nine eleven, or it was kind of just before they were due to drop their album, I believe, uh, and then it, like nine eleven happened, and then they kind of all the the hate started because it was because yeah, she had was I, too, I think the argument jihad. too close to jihad. They'll always be jihad, won't they? Oh, I'm Dave Dobbin. Welcome home. Wow, I love really? It. I just love it. Hey, it brings back you, memories. Are you, just, of, are you just like um, what a little mellow music, mellow sort of stream. A trickling stream. It just reminds me of New Zealand. Crashing waves. That's because you're still in that first stage, or second stage. It was denial, then anger. You're in the second stage of the Cricket World Cup 2019. The game we will not talk about. The game we will talk about extensively in In just a minute. Just a few minutes. (laughs) Even though the listeners have said, "Please don't ever mention that game again." We have to. We have to. It's the anniversary a couple of days ago, three years. Plus, we, we, uh, the Saturday Session Legends, we like to highlight uh, people who have had a huge involvement in sport and not just on the field. Uh, Mike Sandor, as you rightly pointed out, over a decade, a glue, uh, a glue guy uh, in the back room of uh, the Black Caps uh, over an extraordinarily successful period where we went back-to-back World Cup finals. Don't know if you knew that, Grant, but we we made the final in 2015 as well. Yeah, we did, and I tell you what, he um, he probably doesn't give it enough credit as well. He's sort of that guy in the background um, that has been working away, and you know every player that ever went through the the Black Caps environment was welcomed by Roman, made to feel very inclusive, um, very respected, and um, valuable in the team. And I think that you know 
without having someone like that. That was a huge difference from when we went from a very average middle table team in ODIs, white ball cricket, and even the test cricket. And Mike Sandal, don't forget, was there during the um, 45 all out in Cape Town, if I'm not mistaken, when they decided, right, they drew a line in the sand mm. and they went, this is how we want to play. We're going to play some Baz ball. Yep, so Mike Sandal is our Saturday session legend in association with Somerset. Think legendary care, think Somerset retirement villages. That's coming up in about 10 minutes' time. Uh, Grant, I um, have to ask you for your nomination for Sleep Drops Performance of the Week. My Sleep Drops Performance of the Week is the Saints, the Wellington Saints um, basketball organisation, association, whatever it is. They put on an amazing spread of sport during the week. Uh, they were bottom table. I think they are. Yeah, they're struggling this year, which is very unusual for them. They're normally right at the top. They're normally winning it. But what an event that is, Dan. I mean, I just have to encourage all sporting organizations, create the sports for the kids So what do they do? What do they do? They've got a mascot who gets out there and break dances. Like after the first quarter, there was was a dance-off between four kids aged, looked like they were 12. They were having a dance-off, choosing the winner. There was, um, on one occasion, there was like a golf putting um, competition after the first quarter where people were winning, you know, money uh, for hitting the the flags. Um, You know, there's lolly scrambles from uh, Megillah the gorilla. And... It's just you're right up front, you're right near the players, and at the end of the game, the players line up, they sign all the, the shirts and balls and whatever, and the kids go and shoot hoops on the court where the heroes have just shot. And, I mean, it's just such a great day out for the children. Sport should be designed for, for the kids because if the kids go, the parents will go. So it's action-packed. It rolls one after the other. It, it, there's never, never a downtime. No, and it was a double header as well. Did, let me guess that the, the music's a little bit more contemporary. There is a lot of music as well. It's yeah, well, great. basketball yeah. really is the home of, of music at sport, isn't it? Um, so, no, Sweet Caroline was, no, was it a little no. bit more modern and actually connecting with young people with songs they actually listen to. Yeah, uh, and I mean, they've got an announcer there as well. Um, and it's just everything, the way that it was put on. I was just really excited about you've it. You've only started going to their games this year. This year, yeah, yeah, yeah. Both kids are there with got Saints. You hooked. Got you hooked, haven't they? Yeah, the got Saints the whole, ha- whole family hooked. Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. Yeah, so sports organisations, I encourage you, please, for the children. So double eight double three, or pick up the phone 0800 150 um, That is the number if you want to send in your uh, Sleep Drops Performance of the Week nominations. You're t- touching me on the shoulder. Because, oh, right. So I'm going to say that you need to try New Zealand NZ for all ages, lifestyle stages, and sleeping challenges. Always read the label and take as directed. I want to run a quick unscientific poll via text on double eight double three. Pick the score. No, I'm not going to go down that old lazy radio trope where give us a call and tell us what you think the score will be. Uh, I'm going to be uh, more modern and ask you to text in. I just want to know... Quick snapshot of those listening on ECNZ. You know, quickly, just just pick up the phone and text in how you think this test goes. What's the scoreline? So we'll do it here. Round table really quickly. Gun to my head. I've picked New Zealand. I'm going to say 26-14. God, I've given them a 12-point win. That's quite comfortable. Ben Francis, who is deep down an uh, an Irish person this week. 
A score prediction, I'm going to go 21-18 to the Irish. Whoa. I, I was just saying, the thing I've got in my head is All Blacks by 10+. plus. So I'm just going to say 25-15. 25-15. Okay. Hi, guys. Uh, love all of your shows, and thanks for the prize, VIP Warriors. Excellent. My apologies for the fan rant. Really, I'm just a little bit nervous. Prediction. Wow. It's impressive the length you've gone to. We've just made the call, and I'm already getting a bit of a novel here. It's brilliant. I love it. Um, my apologies for, really, I'm a bit nervous. Prediction. Geordie to kick a 60-meter kick to win the series by one point. Oh, by the All Blacks. Gee, that would be a finish and a half. I've seen him kick 60 metres in warm-ups at uh, Sky Stadium, and it's gone over the dead ball line. Seriously? That guy, that guy has a nuclear right foot. If he's on the field, will he be on the field? Will he be on the park then? Well, our mate, I can't, I can't see a name, sorry, uh, who sent that lovely text in. Um, he certainly has him on the field. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> in his uh, uh, realm. So double eight, double three. Quick fire. How does this test match play out? We just want to know a score and your prediction. If you want to add in a little side note of how the game is decided, like our previous uh, text, brilliant. Uh, we're, we're here for it. Here for it indeed. Uh, and someone writes here, Daniel, please play hits. I'm not playing the music, people. It's not. Who plays the music here, Ben? You are sort of the conductor, though. Ben plays the music. Daniel, please play hits by Kiwi artists, not music we yes. don't know. By Kiwi artists, let's sing our songs. We want to support our team. Grant is right. Okay, I'm going to pick some holes in this. So if you don't know the song, no one else in New Zealand knows the song. Is that, is that, is that what you're detecting, Ben Francis, from that message? Because I am. Well, I've got a bone. And also don't, I also don't like the fact it said Grant is right in it. I like That's that. really got I, me angry. I've really also got like a bone that. to pick as well. I was told to get Irish music, which I did, and then Grant decided to have a little whinge about it. So I went yeah, to our system whinge, and whinge, grabbed... Whinge, whinge, whinge. So I went in the system, just grabbed what New Zealand music I could see. No one ever complains about the music up until today. So I think people, I think this is just a sign that people are very nervous because they're, yes, getting real, yes. they're getting real grumpy about small, little, tedious things which they wouldn't yes. get angry about on a normal day. Yes, control the controllables, isn't it? This is a Don't good point. Don't worry about what crap music we're playing. This is a good point, Ben Francis. So before you go into bats and you're a little bit nervous, players might just get a ball and just like knock it up a couple of times, you know, and it's getting rid of their nerves. And I think music, singing along to music, just calms that nerves a little bit. So let, let, let us get a popular Kiwi song that we can sing. We're going to have a fight, our first fight on the Saturday session over music, aren't we? Yeah. And they've, right. got, a, they've got the cameras rolling now. That's good. Which is they actually good might thing. catch. It's going to be a short fight, mate. Fight for life. <laughs> <laughs> Who's winning? I don't know. I'll text in. Who do you think will win this fight? <laughs> Island 24, <laughs> All Blacks 17. So I love that. The score. 18-12 to Ireland, see? From Brian. Come on, keep those uh, quick-fire score predictions coming through, Double eight, double three. We've got to get to a break. And uh, on the other side, in association with Somerset, um, our very special guest, another legend joining us, part of the Saturday Sesh Ledge. Saturday Session legend segment, Mr. Mike Sandal, long-time Black Caps manager who was um, in the dressing room during that rather infamous World Cup final which was three years ago 
this week, just two days ago. We will be back after this break. Can he give the strike away? This is a big moment. They've got to run. They go to the other end. Oh, he gets in the way. This has got to go all the way to the boundary of the bat. Can you believe this? It has. I do not believe what I've just seen. Down the ground. Now then, they've got to try and come back. Santa throws it in. Out. Rashid is out. The good part about that, the good part about that, only one run. Maybe Santner could have thrown it at Stokes' end. Seven weeks of cricket, 48 games, one ball, here's Bolt. They're going to push. Are we in for a super over? They've got to go quick, they've got to go quick. Out, I'm sure he's out. We're going to a super over. Two to win. Guttall's going to push for two. They've got to go. It's got to throw, it's got to go to the keeper's end. He's got it. England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. By the barest of all margins. Absolute ecstasy for England. Agony. Agony for New Zealand. Gee, Smithy was good on that call. You look like Smithy now. Your head was in your hands. (laughs) And well done. He's getting a bit of grief for his musical choice, but a perfect song choice to accompany that uh, bit of audio. Yeah, just a couple of days ago, it was three years since that uh, incredible World Cup final. And that is a big part of our Saturday Session Legends segment. We speak to a man who was there. He's actually been involved with New Zealand cricket for a very long time, Grant. Yeah, well, undoubtedly. Someone you know well. Someone who's propped you up probably a couple of times. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Well, undoubtedly, probably the best one-day game ever played in the history of the game. And he was there on the balcony. Um, The glue um, of the culture that almost changed, I guess, in that era. I was in that change of era where we went from being a, a very average fit out to now being a world-class team that has the mace in the cabinet. He was involved in three World Cup finals, um, has now stepped aside to be CEO of Taranaki Rugby um, and probably the perfect man to take over at the time given his police history. Um, Mike Roman Sandal is on the show with us for our Legend series. Roman, I'm surprised you're still on the call after listening to that uh, that commentary. Yeah, I suppose I had to do it sometime, Grant. And uh, thanks for yeah, thanks for sharing that. Brought back some memories, I can tell you. <laughs> some memories. What what's the adjective you'd like to insert into that sentence? Um, yeah, like I suppose at the end of that game, it was bewilderment. Like uh, what's just happened, and just trying to process um, a range of emotions, I suppose. Thinking back to that moment when uh, when Guppy was run out on that that last ball, yeah. So that's probably my during memory is just straight after that game. Yeah, it was just processing what had what had happened. Um, Roman, I'm sure a lot of our listeners want, will will be asking themselves, and they'd love to ask you what happened about the missing run. So Damasina missed a run. Uh, when it hit Ben Stokes's bat and it went for five, but they gave six, didn't they? Was that um, revisited after the game? It was, I suppose. Um, that was one of the things that everyone is trying to process. And I think, you know, if, if I look back on it now, and there was one thing you could change is that you'd wish that everybody had have maybe taken a breath in what was probably a pretty stressful situation mm. out on the field. Um, and maybe just taking a little bit more time to, you know, ensure they got that decision right. Um, you know, it's a World Cup final, so you had time. Um, so that's probably one thing that I always, I thought of at the time anyway, and was probably um, an enduring memory in the wash-up of everything, really. 
Mike, great to have you on the show. Thanks so much. Uh, and I'm not trying to excuse the umpires for the, the mistake they made in that incident, but I can kind of understand how they got caught up in the hype and the hysteria of that game. That was just a bonkers game of cricket. I, I'm not sure how strong your memory is of, you know, the whole 100 overs and some. But mine's pretty strong. From the first ball of the game, it hits a length, rags, beats the outside edge of the bat, and I'm thinking, great, real contest between bat and ball here today. This is this yeah. is not going to be easy. Are your memories as strong throughout the whole day? Yeah, they are. I suppose it's like um, it's a long day when you're there, but um, I suppose tension builds and pressure builds throughout the day. And I suppose when one thing we try to keep is a sense of calmness in the changing room, I suppose. So mm. it was even like that in 2015 semi-final. So I've got to mention that, Grant, just to, just to blow you up a bit there. But, um, oh, that, that, thanks for that, Mike. Really, really appreciate that. <laughs> really, really do. We, we never hear yeah. about that. Yeah, and so I think over a period of time, the tension slowly builds. And I think at the end of the game, um, there's a, there's a massive release. And... I take your point, Daniel, when you said about you know, excuse the umpires, and you can see when it happens because you've got to remember people are under intense pressure. And, and I guess we saw an example of that last week when the All Blacks were playing, you know, and, and the confusion around the Artie Severe incident um, as well, you know, and, and people have time to examine it later and, and maybe things could have been handled differently. So I think that's one of the things in sport um, that, that happens, big moments, and people react uh, differently under pressure. Am I right in saying, Roman, that the most difficult thing about that game is that there was probably on three occasions you would have had one hand on the trophy um, as player and as support staff and management to be sitting there in a World Cup final and not go through that emotional roller coaster of not putting that one hand on the trophy? Because even when Trent Bolt took that catch and then stepped on the boundary just ever so slightly, you look at that moment, you look at the last ball, Mitchell Satner, you know, just leaving it. There's one run there. But the, the emotional roller coaster that you went through on that balcony at Lords must have been immense. Yeah, and I think, you know, I never thought I'd say cricket was a game of fine margins, but this one was, and we're on the wrong side of every fine margin in that game. And mm. you've mentioned, Grant, there were several times where, you know, I was thinking, this is it. And then it was, uh, hold on, maybe it's not. And then, you know, it just, it just kept evolving the game, but I'm sure that, um, you know, I, I sort of watched the game uh, in its entirety. Every now and again, you'll... Don't, on, don't, Mike. Don't watch up. it again. Something, yeah, <laughs> something pops up and you quickly you quickly hit the X on your screen and get rid of that. And, uh, <laughs> and that certainly, certainly happens, yeah, but, you know, I, I just think the enduring memory was is that, um, you know, with all the, all the confusion and everything over there, I think it was It'll probably go down as one of the greatest games of cricket ever, uh, one-day cricket ever. And I think every time people that were there hear the name Lords um, or go back to Lords, it's going to invoke certain memories of that game. Um, and I'm sure that the guys, I'm, I'm sure Bolte only probably thinks about that catch five times a day now. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and things like that. And, and uh, I know in the dressing room, you know, you, you go up and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, I, I always remember there was a image that I saw on TV of our balcony when Guppy was going for the second run. Um, and you could see arms are almost going up. Yep, he's, he's got it. And then it was almost like people had to suspend their arms down um, mid-air and, you know, think, holy shit, we've just, just bloody, he's been run out, you know. Um, and we still drew the game, but uh, but we just didn't get awarded the trophy. Or, or drew oh, the that's it. Right. 
didn't you didn't yeah. lose. You didn't yeah. lose, but you lose. Oh yeah. yeah right, right, Roman. What 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 happened after that? Because I mean, there would be some well, after players the after the game. Because... I'd like to know the super over. Like, do you plan a potential super over the day before, the week before? <laughs> Is it based on who's going well that day? Because, mate, Radio Sport RIP, we had talkback for about 14 weeks unabated. <laughs> it was fantastic. Uh, and those little insights, I, I can't, we can't offer to the listeners. So, you know, can you explain that one for yeah. you? Well, yeah, like the Super Over, obviously, um, with my cricketing knowledge, I didn't give too much input into that side of things. <laughs> um, but, but, but you're certainly there, and you see, um, obviously, the brain stress in the team. So, you know, from memory, it was, there was Tim was involved, along with Kane, uh, Steady, and, you know, they were, they were working it out. Roscoe was there, some of the senior players just working out our tactic going into it. Um, I suppose with the Super Over, too, who goes out actually happens depends what happens in the preceding 50 overs or the preceding 20 overs because, you know, if someone's hot, you know, all of a sudden they could be a man yes. um, that you're going to put out there. So a lot of those decisions are sort of made, I suppose, at the time, depending who's, um, whose day it is. So there's that. Also, you know, people often ask about the, the boundary crump, countback rule and, you know, you're aware of it um, and you see it always written in the competition manual and you always sort of think, well, yeah, it's probably never really going to affect us and we're probably never going to have to really deal with that. But then, you know, that day we did. Um, and oh, let's be fair. Let's call it what it was, Mike. It was a crock of shit rule. Yeah. Because I think New Zealand, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, they hit more boundaries. I think both sides hit two sixes. Yeah. New Zealand had more dot balls, more singles, more twos, and more threes. Yeah, Here's me no, thinking a, cricket is a, a game about rule. accumulating. Yeah, it's a crap rule, yeah. And it's since been taken out. So I think that's, that's one thing that, that yeah doesn't make it probably feel any better, but it's not there anymore. No, it doesn't. Um, and they've, they've moved on. But, yeah, it was a, it was a crap rule. Um, and, but anyway, yeah, like, you know, after the game, you know, obviously the result happened. Everybody came, you know, you shake hands, come up into the changing room, and, and it was a real sense of bewilderment, as I said before, and just thinking, you know, what has happened there and just trying to process. And then you've got the presentation. And, you know, I always remember people saying to us that, you know, we were really... People were really proud of the way we, we went out there and we, we hunted up. Well, to be fair, you've got no option. You, you have to, you can't yeah. change your room. You've got to go down there. Um, and but yeah, I was really proud of the way the guys conducted themselves. You know, you got to go down there, look at the opposition in the eye, um, see them raise the trophy, um, listen to the English crowd sing that English song from Football World Cup. You know, it's coming home. Um, is probably you know a song. Every time I hear that song, I have a flashback to Lords <laughs> and. Uh, you know, and then we went back up into you know, the changing room. We had a lot of family and friends come up into the room, uh, and I suppose over the night people started to unwind, and it was a hell of a good time in the changing room. A lot of parents, as I say, the long room. Uh, there was, you know, a few good old Kiwi bangers being played in the long room towards the end of the night there with, um, you know, the old, I remember the party at Mary Club ringing out and our wealth security security man dancing probably had no idea what the music was. <laughs> and yeah, and and it was just a hell of a hell of a good night in there. Um, I always remember we we had our uh, Roscoe was the music man and the music was blurting out in the changing room there and you know, it must have been about two o'clock in the morning. Old Pete Lowe who Grant would know who's the room attendant there came to us and said, uh, Mike the security on and shut the place down 
and I was always thinking, you know, how are we going to get these boys out? And we had yeah, partners and family and, and a lot of other Kiwis in, the, in there. And uh, anyway, party continued on for another 20 minutes or so, and then I got Ross to turn the music down, and I said, Roscoe, uh, sorry, um, lads, we've got to get on the bus. And so I said to Ross, you just uh, walk towards the bus with the music, and it was like Pied Piper, everybody just <laughs> That's what uh, you need in your role for 11 years, being the manager of uh, of that uh, Black Caps rebel, and of which I was uh, a part of, is that rat cunning, sending Roscoe to the, the bus with the music. And I'm sure on a All lot of occasions when I was touring, you used that rat cunning to direct us in the path that we should be going. Yeah, and, and we, we are keen to talk about the overall experience you had over, over 11 years. But we were joking at the top of the show, uh, the five stages of grief. Um, having listened to myself throughout the show, I think I'm still in anger. I think I'm, I think I'm only number two. What, what stage are you? Yeah. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Where, where are you, Mike Sandoff? I think I've got, I think I've got the acceptance slowly, um, but I've certainly gone through all the other stages and uh, thought about it. And it's amazing how many times you, you know, you get back with that group of, group of people that were there, including your staff, and you, you talk about it. Um, I just remember one of the early games we were. We played Bangladesh in that tour, and um, it was a bit of a close finish to that game. And and it uh, was, I think yeah. Lockie Ferguson and Mitchell Satner ended up having the winning runs. And Chris Donald, our trainer, had a uh, heart rate monitor on during the game. I don't know why he wore a heart rate monitor during the game, but he did. And he looked at us. <laughs> we were trying to remain calm, and he looked at his um, heart rate monitor, and it was actually going through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so you just look at this. Tour to England, as Grant would say, is, is a hell of a trip. Um, you know, you do all those things. You, you get really close to the team. You spend all the time travelling on a bus rather than planes. There's card schools going, uh, you know, everything else. And, and we got really tight. Just like we did in 2015, we got really tight as a group on that trip. We had a lot of families there. Um, so having families on tour actually keeps things real. Um, I always, always enjoy it, you know, when the guys have their families on tour. Um, it's meant at the end of the day you're only playing a game of cricket and there's these things far more important in life than, than cricket. So, And it was actually quite good seeing the guys have to be dads. And I've certainly seen um, seen Grant controlling his two young fellas in, uh, in various hotels around the world. And I'll have a bit of a snicker to myself and think, yep, I was there once. <laughs> <laughs> you thought lucky, lucky children, didn't you, Roman? <laughs> but, but Roman, um. I mean, you, you've been through it all. I mean, your, your 11 years with the Black Caps is phenomenal in terms of the, the change in God and the change in mentality and change in not just talent but results on the field. And I think about 
you know, some, some pivotal moments and turning points in that whole journey. Uh, Cape Town being bowled out for 45 would have been one of them. Um, and then you've got the World Cups, which you were a big part of. This game here would have been a nice cherry on top. There was also the, the Phil Hughes death at the time when the players were overseas in um, the UAE. I know that that was actually quite a, a pivotal moment in terms of putting perspective into the, the yeah. sport and the, the unit and why we played the game. But, I mean, what do you put that, that whole change down to um, from when you took over to, to when you finished? With the mace in the the water in the cupboard. Yeah, um, I think one of the big things was being authentic to ourselves, um, trying just being Kiwis rather than trying to copy. We'd always, when I first went in there, it was always like you know um, we want to be like England. Uh, you know, England, England was seen as being world class, and, and so we set all our standards against what England were doing. When I think we just wanted to be the best version of ourselves, and if we were the best version of ourselves, you know that was was going to be pretty good. I think a couple of things like that um, was actually just putting a bit of stability around the team. I found, you know, when the era that, you know, I started in, in there'd been a lot of coaches, and I suppose through that time, you know, every, all the coaches wanted different things, and so players, I suppose, were doing just what they had to do to get into the team from week to week. So we wanted mm. to put some trust in a group of players and give them some stability, and it's amazing when you put some trust in a group of people, what you get in return. Um, so I think that was probably the, the, one of the major things to come out of um, Cape Town, was to get the right people on the bus um, and actually show some faith in people. But I think you can't lose sight of the fact that you're away for a long time and you actually want to have some fun. Um, you want yeah. to enjoy yeah. it. And I suppose, I suppose my role, uh, when you spend a lot of time away too, is that you know, I wanted to be there for the players. So you know, when you're away for extensive periods, you can start jumping at shadows or things at home a little bit, or it's very easy for small problems to become a big problem. So I thought a big part of my role was being there and always worked on the adage, and I probably said to you, Grant, you know, problem shared is a problem halved, and um, yeah. I always like to try and make myself available. So I made sure I, I worked on spaces where I was regularly seen by the players. Um, but, but it's not any one person. It's a, it's a team thing, you know, and I think we had a really good bunch of um, senior players that brought in. Um, we had a bunch of really hard weekend support staff that brought in as well. And that was our basis. And then I think you mentioned um, the full use test, and that was a real pivotal moment because I think, again, it proved that we're only playing a game of cricket. There's, there's worse things happen in life when, you know, someone like Phil um, was unfortunately killed with that horrible accident. Uh, yeah, well said. Well said. And so well, I think all of a sudden, the, you know, the guys were, well, hey, let's just go out. And I always remember we were playing at, um, at Sharjah there. I remember the guys weren't appealing um, and they weren't uh, really celebrating too much. And I, I got a phone call um, from a person, you know, back from New Zealand. I won't mention that, but it was almost like, are you guys, uh, is there some sort of silent protest against having to play this game? And, and um, I said, no, it's just reflective of the mood of the team. And the yeah. mood of the team was exactly that. And uh, and then I was moving back that day, and there were some pretty graphic images. You know, we had the moment of silence, Phil, and you could see the guys were probably lower, I reckon, at that uh, at that time. But by the end of that day's play, I, I thought we came out of it, you know, probably 5 or 10% better. And then we, you know, um, and I think that was pivotal because guys just went out and played their cricket from there on in um, without, a, without a worry. And uh, there was no consequence. Um, to anything they, they did out on that field. 
and I think that really flowed through in the 2015 um, and that you know fantastic time we had during New Zealand um, during the 2015 World Cup, which um, was a was a hell of a time, wasn't it, Grant? When you look back on it. Oh, I, that, that was an amazing time. You talk about um, not losing sight of having fun on tour. I think I lost sight of a lot of that, uh, Roman. I didn't have too much fun. <laughs> well, you, you, lost, you lost sight of the ball no. after tea at Eden Park when Mitchell Stark was bowling. That was, <laughs> that was pretty obvious. We had a great... Mike, can I ask you? I work with this guy every week. You've worked with him for, for a yeah. lot longer than I. How do I get the best out of Grant Elliott every week? <laughs> what buttons do I need to push? What buttons do I not need to push? Come on, help me and Ben Francis, the producer, out. How do we get TS um, at his very best? You've got to consistently pump his tyres up, pat him on the back and tell him how good he is, you know. But uh, Grant, Grant needs that several times a day. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, seriously, Grant was... Um, he was a bloody good guy to have on tour. We we certainly had a lot of fun, um, and uh, I certainly you know I think when you look away from a from a um, from a, a job like I just did, you look back and the enduring memory is the people you you work with and the fun you have. Uh, you certainly remember the games, and you probably more the experiences around it. But um, you know it's the relationships that you build, and obviously you know, Grant was a big part of that time. Uh, when he was in the team as well, and you know, and it's really good to wherever I do catch up with him, it's just like nothing's changed, and I think that's a sign of a really good friendship. And, and you have that with a lot of players uh, in the team, and you know, and you see them not so much Grant, he was probably getting a bit older when I first came in, but you know, you see a lot of the guys come in young. Um, you know, it's a cycle of life. They uh, they come in, they have they have girlfriends, and they get a cat, and then they get a dog, and then next thing they're engaged, and then there's a marriage, and there's a baby, and and uh, you have that whole cycle of life just continuing all the time. And when you're, when you're with the players for that long, um, you become a big part of their lives. Oh, absolutely, Roman. I mean, I think that that's, that's a massive part of, I think, being a, a black cap is almost that adage about um, the, the all blacks where you, you're in an environment which is going to help you grow to be a better person. And ultimately, that's what you want to do is grow these these players to be better people and I think you've hit the nail on the head in terms of what you gave um, to the the black capitalist uh, culture which was that you know that personable touch and that uh, fertile environment or culture for people to grow as people and that made a huge you weren't just a cricketing commodity but actually a person who um, was given a lot of a lot of time and respect and um, felt valuable in the environment so um, you know the, your journey is amazing, and you've gone on to, I would say, I, I'd like to say bigger and better things, but um, black caps are really uh, dear to my heart. So now CEO of Taranaki Rugby. And where he's going to announce the Smiley Barrett statue today, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I heard you hit Smiley on last week, didn't I? I saw him. Uh, we did. Uh, we yeah. did. Yeah. Brilliant to have him on. Yeah. Well, what lessons are you taking from the black caps uh through to Taranaki Rugby as CEO, Roman. Yeah, um, I think uh, one thing I like, and I think as a manager, you have to collaborate with a wide right range of people. And I think um, in the role of a CEO in a regional area, you do. So you've got the, the high performance side of it where you've got your, your Taranaki Bulls and Theo competing um, nationally, but you've also got the community aspect. And I suppose that was a part of the job that was attractive to me, well, attractive to me probably as much 
if not more than the other side of it. Um, obviously, people here like you have the nail head runners. It's really good to see um, people uh, improve around you. And I get a real kick out of seeing people get better. And, and I've got a, a, a group of staff here. They're quite young. Um, if Stan Gill Barnes, the coach, out of the equation, he, he probably raises our average age quite significantly. But if you, if you get away from Barnes, <laughs> uh, we've actually got quite a... Actually, got quite a young staff, and they've had a tough time here recently. With um, you know, obviously well publicised with our stadium, and yeah. um, you know, and, and work tough work environment and things like that. And obviously, you know, going through COVID and and sort of that, they've really built up some resilience. And so I've, I've got a resilient staff um, that know how to work hard. And you know, I just want to be able to support them. And and you know, we're on a journey together where we all want to make uh, make things better. We've we've got some things to look forward to with the for the stadium to ship back to in, you know, 2024-25, and that'll be complete. So, um, yeah, you know, I think when you're involved in sport, you've, you can't, you've got to remain glass half full. If you, if you remain glass half empty, um, you know, you're always going to you're never going to go forward, I don't think. Um, you've certainly got to learn your lessons from the tough times, but you've got to remain optimistic and, and look forward as well and see opportunity and things. So that's what I'm really looking forward to here, and, and that's what I'm enjoying about being home. Roman, I have no doubt that you're going to be a huge success as CEO of Taranaki Rugby. And I've got a number of things on my bucket list. I have to do a rowing skull. I have to do a ski jump in Cardrona into an inflatable wall. Um, I've got a 50-meter swim against Beaver. No, it's not a 50-meter. It's a le- at the width championship because we think we both suck at swimming. Okay. So we get to swim a, le- a width, not a length. Do a width. I've got to go to Sturgeon Park. In the West Coast. With Nigel Yolden. But I think one of the things I'd like to put on that bucket list is to share a beverage with yourself and Smiley Barrett, <laughs> Kevin Smiley Barrett. In 2024, 25 sometime. Just before a Taranaki game. <laughs> so I'd like to put that on the bucket list. You are an absolute gem of a person, amazing person. To, um, and a very, we're very fortunate to have had you in the Black Caps environment. So thanks for everything you've done and, and good luck for everything ahead, especially to Michelle, your partner, having you home yeah. a lot of the time. Well said, uh, Grant. Thanks so much for joining us and being a good enough sport to talk about that bewildering day, to use your word, three uh, years and two days ago. Thanks so much, Mike Sandal. Thanks for being our Saturday session legend for this week. Thanks, thanks, team. Yeah, pleasure being on. Thanks, Mike, Roman. Mike Sandal, there. Um, our, the Saturday session legend segment as he hurriedly tries to find a bit of paper, of course, in association with Somerset. We really do appreciate their ongoing support, uh, Somerset. Think new friends, new lives and a new home. Think Somerset Retirement Villages, somerset.co.nz. Yeah, that can't have been easy. No. That's why you've got to start off with the, the back room staff. And in 12 months' time, or maybe, or two, five-year anniversary, we might get a player. Maybe then yeah. they'll be happy to talk about it. Maybe they won't. They'll be in firmly the stages of guilt. Uh, the good oil. Have the good oil. For us, after this. All right, a little bit late. It's 14 away from 1 o'clock. Let's get to Clado. We're probably in his bad books for being late. He's uh, wearing all black, looking magnificent as always. Big uh, show lined up for us today, Clado. Yeah, big show today. Good afternoon. No, good morning, General. Afternoon? It's afternoon. Good afternoon, morning. lads. This good afternoon, Clado. Yeah, great to have you on board. I, I have to ask. I, I've got to ask. What was... Was it a little bit smelly in the studio earlier today after Louis Herman Watt was in there? Because I saw Brian, he had the Arizona out, and it was it was on for a long, long time. Ah, well, my smelling buds are gone, mate. I've got no smell whatsoever, so 
I'm, I'm safe. Okay. I don't have that other two guests. We've got Steve McKee back, Group 1 winning trainer. Steve McKee's back with us today. And uh, we've got Adele McLeod from Love Racing. So, And she's looking forward to calling her race at around 4.40 this afternoon. So tune back in or stick around and listen to Adele call the race because she's offering us money not to call the race. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> and she's terrified. What are... What is the highlight of racing today? Uh, I Wellington know there's Hurdles not, there's and Wellington some not steeples. far from us, yeah. Exactly. Get out there. Get out there, Grant. The Wellington steeplechase, the figure eight. Being, once you see it, you can't unsee it. It is spectacular. I'll be there, Clado. You know me. I've got my suit here ready to go. Yeah, there's no subtles in, no in today. <laughs> oh, no, I know. I actually haven't heard from his school holidays, so I don't oh. get many tips from the teacher. Okay. Well, never fear in the last. <laughs> never fear. And our old mate Chase goes around again. Just run everything, oh. all your multis through, Chase. The and, gift that keeps giving. And, Clado, yeah. I've been asking the uh, the listeners, and I'll get to them on the other side of the break. Quick fire score for the test. Go. Tell me, Clado. 28-22. Uh, Ooh, tight, but always been on black. Just outside Who? that seven-point margin. Always, always been on black, mate. Come on. Yeah, Wesley yeah. Snipes told you in that movie. Mate, we're looking forward <laughs> to it tonight. Jeez, like, I, I've only 1% of my brain thinks, what if we get beat tonight? Oh, boy, this is I, shaping up as the oh, game of the century. Oh, we can enjoy it, Clado. Have a great... Oh, we've got to go, mate. We've got to go. Have a great show. Um, the, only Thanks, one who, the only ones who will benefit if we do lose tonight are Talkback hosts tomorrow. They're going to have the best day um, of the year. Why is that? Oh, because all you need to do is go 0800 150 811 and the phones go whooshka <laughs> for about six hours. Back after this with our sporting punch you should run a mile from. Our sporting punts of the week where you should probably run a mile from. We asked you earlier, quick fire, text response. You had to give us the scores. Brian said 18-12 to Ireland. Another one, 24-17 to Ireland. My unscientific poll grant is going very much in Ireland's favour. Here's one, 21-17, ABs. That's Ron. Ohipa says, All Blacks 42, Ireland 21. Love your show. Thank you so much for that. Uh, AB's 22, Ireland 23, Ireland win an 82nd minute penalty while all, all Blacks have a man sent off and another in the bin. That's from um, Matt and always sunny Blenheim except above Matt's house. Um, and RTS to get the winning try in the 80th minute and Richie to get the sideline conversion. AB's to win by one. Thank you very much, Andy. And last but certainly not least, loving the Irish music. Um, and FB last week. Confident there, nervous now, but 23-15, ABs will win. Thank you, Yvonne and Invercargill. And we've got someone, Kerry, I've got money on a drawn series at $41. Well, Keza, you've got better odds than me. I got it at $21, and Did that's going to be my tip of the day. You're going to draw? Yeah, put your house on it. I just think, <laughs> after speaking to Mike Sandal and the 2019 World Cup right. Super Over, which was a tie... And I got given a uh, gift from Two Degrees Mobile after that game, which was a tie. And it said, it was a tie. <laughs> and it was a nice skinny little tie with the, the flags good. on. So I'm going for the draw, which is $21. Wow. Okay, so Ben Francis, who goes with the theory of betting um, the opposite direction to Grand Elliot. You could go either way here, Ben. What are you going to go with this weekend? I'm going to do a darts one real quick. I'm going to go uh, Luke Humphreys to make the World Match Play final. But I could also, I was going to do one on the rugby, but I couldn't see any odds on it. And that is there to be a drop goal in the game because I reckon Ireland are going to go for a droppy or two. Nice. I, always, mm. I do love a drop. Great call. Um, I'm, I'm interested in Nadi Savia. 
Ooh. Well, after what happened last week... He'll be fired up. In front of his home fans, I'm going Artie Savia to score two tries, playing at 12 bucks, And overall, more than 47.5 points in the game, playing $1.95. As always, uh, gamble responsibly. Have a great weekend and a great week, team. My thanks to Grant and to Ben. Ta-da, guys. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Ben. Great music. I'll be watching it. I will be watching it. Let's go, Abies. Right, I'll be, uh, I'll be in some swanky lounge annoying... The heck out of yeah, me. As usual. Oh, no. Decadent. I'm all about the real people, Grant. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.